I'm trying to do a radio program. I'm trying to do the Russell Brand show. Yeah. <laughs> radio X. This doesn't sound like a thing that's true. Russell Brand. <laughs> radio X. Pippi giblets. Pippi giblets. People have wondered what the medium of podcasting could do until now. It's been limited by standards, standards such as you know, content management, narrative, all ideas that have now been abandoned. If you're downloading this podcast, we thank you. If you've made others download it, we thank you further still. If you're listening to it instead of other things you could be listening to, like Infinite Monkey Cage or Joe Rogan or Mark Maron or, I don't know, Desert Island Disky Wicks, then thank you, thank you, because this is Russell Brand's Radio X podcast, brought to you by Sylvanian families. Sylvanian families, only from Tommy. Little annoying yeah, mice with touch them. a little velvety sheen on velvety them. Velvety sheen and not movable enough. Immobile. And Domestic you, boredom settings. If you're willing to scrabble through that velvety sheen on a Sylvanian family mouse. Shiny plastic. Shiny plastic. Like you it. rub a Sylvanian family mouse on the carpet, yep. on his nose, you'll get, get down to the plastic. You'll get down to the nub and you will see a little alopecia mouse that what's under the surface is something very nasty. Sylvanian families only from... Who was buying family. those? Because they... Girls! Girls and their nans. My my <laughs> wife loved them, a Sylvanian oh, really? family. I, I still think about buying them. What, they're back? They're back. So expensive. They're pricey, the Sylvanian families. They're very pricey. There's the hedgehog one. You can get that if you want it. Anyway, we're sponsored by them now. We've got a good deal by a Sylvanian family, so get out there and get yourself a bloody Sylvanian family. Matt, that radio show we were just doing there, this is the intro to it. It went very wrong. <laughs> there were mistakes made, weren't there? It had a funny mood to it. What was wrong, do you think? What's going on? Is it because I'm working so hard? Probably a lack of focus on both our parts. I think I did well with reading out the emails. I think I did that rather well, didn't I? Yes, you've mastered reading. Yeah, so that's one positive we can take from it. And the news stories, I read those out as well. Ah, here's an email. Now, look, this will get us back on the right track. This is from Ben Kappa. I'm a loyal fan of this podcast. I've converted several hundred souls, although I have zero evidence of it. You don't need it, Ben Kappa. We trust you. Believe you. I've noticed your wild, rambling obsession with the subject of honeycomb-like structures. With this in mind, I saw this and thought of you in it. And then he's uh, put up some sort of article, which I can't see. Can you get it up? Gives a big up on your podcast, me old China. I'm doing it now. I'm doing it now. Lots of love from a Mancunian interior consultant living the dream in Switzerland. Ben Kappa. P.S. Kappa is an old English name that means maker of headwear. That's actually not true. Well, let's have a look at the uh, link that he sent us, because I'd like to know what he's talking about. And... Uh, what we'll do is we'll put on the actual radio show that we did and we tried our hardest and whatever you think of it, just remember that it was free. You didn't pay for it, so what do you expect mm. for nothing? Even if it was absolutely nothing, that would still be The only equal. person who could complain is Radio X because they paid for it, essentially. They can say, this isn't good enough for the money we Go, gave what you. what the hell is this? This bit here, they could say, they could. what if they isolated a bit and sort of challenged us and went, well, what, do you, what, do you, what were you planning? What did you mean uh, by well, that? I shouldn't even raise this in case it's a risk, but I wonder if, what is the law on flatulence? There's no law on flatulence, is there? Obscenity laws? I mean, it's weird, isn't it? The word fart probably is more offensive than a fart. So what does that say about language and, re and reality in essence? Okay, so, oh, hello, darling. This is, this is the thing that's been sent by that man, but we'll talk about it on the other side of the podcast. Have a listen to the radio show, then we'll be doing some, we'll be creating some wonderful content for you. Here comes, are you ready to, should we meet around the back? Yeah, let's go around the back. 
Right, you just kick your kick. I feel your like we're different people to the people who do the radio shows, so do like I. different versions of us, because we're allowed to swear. Those squares aren't allowed. <laughs> I hate that pair of shows. Aren't they rubbish? They're really held back. Little squares, They're... little stiffies, little wankers. They <laughs> 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 have a listen to a couple of wankers, and then we'll see. They're too uh... scared to even swear. A trio of stupid wankers, I'd call them, <laughs> and then come back and listen. Radio X, Russell Brand. What time do you call this? I've given you everything, the best years of my life. I've watched the flower of my youth wither on the vine and all to have this moment where you turn to me in a corridor, look me up and down my wrinkled stretch mark thighs and say, call that a wife, call that a life. That was Noel Gallagher's high-flying birds snip, snip, snipping their way through the universe, playing scissors and such. For the next couple of hours, me, Matt Morgan and G will be cruising through your consciousness in the form of vibration, reaching that part of you that is perhaps not touched by ordinary life, because ordinary life's got better <laughs> manners. Here he is, Matt Morgan. Hello. Hi. How are you today? Very well. Yeah? I've had a workout. With that lad, Don't, you're leaping straight into Tom the promo. Foxley, his name is. You said he's 25. He's 25. And he gets you shivering and shuddering. Oh, yeah. He'll work yeah. you out. Well, I think you should go. What do you think's going to be my weak spots? Um, he's looking at me. He's surveying costume, me. probably. Right, what did you wear? Just shorts and a T-shirt, but I imagine you'll turn up in hot pants and some sort of string vest. <laughs> Pity old Russ when he came out of the house the other day in a perhaps overly coordinated running outfit. I was wearing uh, sort of very tight you know like I once saw Liam Gallagher actually wearing these like for running you know when you can wear tights, running under leggings. Shorts, yeah. I weren't even wearing under shorts just straight tights. My little nan purse you know. Oh yeah the bum my, bag. Yeah and I was wearing sort of like I was wearing like orange my trainers had orange in them I'm wearing the bum bag I'm wearing a sort of a gilet you know like a sort of a sleeveless that's also orange I've got the headphones on I've got my dog bear I step out onto the street who's there why it's my neighbour in name and neighbour in kind Russell Howard and he was right. with his mum and his mum's mate she was had a man's name but like Adam but it was a woman like maybe it was Alex I don't know and I, <laughs> and I um and they were uh, between them they had like bags of stuff and I thought oh I'm really at a disadvantage here that I'm wearing an overly coordinated running outfit you know mm. what did you say did they well these days I go for being very humble as you know you know just I speak very meekly when I'm off duty could you oh, give us an example? Oh, yeah, I know that. Right, this is it. Check I've done that it. for years. Hello, mate, yeah. Hello, yeah, right, mate. Hello, mate, yeah. Hello, mate. I'm just dressed up like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like a little nitwit in a little orange tights. You don't know what What was the uh, uh, genital situation, if you don't mind me asking? Could have been better, but the the, the, the nan bum bag sort of is, is a, worn as a kind of sporran. <laughs> sporran <laughs> stroke distraction. Russell Howard. <laughs> My own named mum's friend. That always gets me going. Use it. Um, yeah, so it was actually a nice chat, and I like Russell Howard. I think he's a nice bloke and a nice comic, but this is just part of my London life. I live did, in London. Did, did anyone say, like, going jogging? Yeah, that's right. Russell Howard did. He goes, dress the gym. I say, yeah, I feel like I might be overcommitted. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't the gym, though. It was a run. It was a run with Ben. How far do you run? I reckon I run for half an hour's worth of distance. 
And that, the, for me, I think that might be three miles because I'm not running very quick and I'm with Bear. That's not bad. And you have to stop quite frequently with Bear because, you know, to apologise for his incidents. He semicircles himself into the letter C. He curls his little foxtail between his legs and then does his little porridge droppings. Then you run away from him. (laughs) Giggling. I bet you didn't take poo bags. I do, I do carry poo bags. I do, but sometimes... A bag is not what you'd need. You need like a sort of a windshield scraper <laughs> <laughs> and a sort of a dustpan and brush. Um, what like what has he done lately? I mean, he's been causing so much trouble. He's really annoying me. I mean, he's not suited for urban life. He needs to be in the countryside like me. We well, shouldn't be anywhere like that. He should be on a lead. He he's killed hundred sheep. <laughs> no, he's barely touched the surfaces when it comes to the actual death toll. But like, uh, yeah, I, I grant you, he's a menace. He's a menace to right thinking people. We went on, I don't know, look, it was a couple of mile walk that day. I don't think it was, I don't walk. think it was that bad. Run, 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 run. <laughs> yeah, he puts on a load of gym gear to go for a walk. <laughs> do you do that like fast walking thing? <laughs> I must, I must, I must improve my bust. And I walk along <laughs> with like the little ski sticks. <laughs> that. Can't stop, Russell. <laughs> being timed. <laughs> Off I go. So what about you? Come on then. You were shuddering about and shivering with older. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't get away with that, mate. <laughs> what do you mean? Did Are you, you sure it's Bear who makes these Messes on the pavement. <laughs> Someone leaves little porridgey gabbins. One of the two. I don't know who. Um, yeah. yeah, no, I. I'm, it's like the. You know when you sort of go so tired and exhausted through exercise yeah. that you almost see it's, God. It's really revelation because well, the sort of, physical body's exhausted and the soul transmigrates. Yeah, but then um, you bounce back from it and you feel all right. It's great, isn't it? It's great to bounce on. You know, back. he told me something interesting, right? He said, if you try to like, if you try to pull your arms back or put your legs in certain positions, you have limits, obviously, right? Especially you. <laughs> um, but if you were unconscious, if he put you unconscious, right, you'd be able to flex everywhere. So it's your brain holding you in a pattern of safety that's safe for you, mm. and you have to teach your brain a new sort of new boundaries. That's excellent. I reckon so there's a, there's yeah, it's a, like know, being able to reach behind, isn't it? When when you and it's why like reach, would reach, you want to do that, Chief? Reach behind, just got to do what you got to do. Give your friend a. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, like what you can do, different things. Yeah, when you when your when your mind's been meditating or focusing on something else, you can actually reach behind a lot further than when you're actually thinking about reaching behind. Yeah, that's it. An old man said to me, he said, like he was, I see him down the gym, he was about 70. You know when you see an old man down the gym and he's maybe a bit doddery, like a gangster's dad in a film, like yeah, in a tracksuit. Track so, yeah. That's him, gangster dad. It was him. Uh, and he said, keep exercising. Don't let your body know it's dying. Keep exercising, boy. It's deep, isn't it? Maybe change your clothes. Leggings <laughs> <laughs> are too tight. Put me off my dinner. It don't suit you. I met a woman walking around the park who was 90, right? Mm. I've told you this before. Sorry to bore everyone. But I was walking with my son when he was about four. Mm. And she said, oh, I walk every day. She goes, make sure, same thing, basically. She said, mm-hmm. make sure, she goes, I go for a walk every day. Make sure you never give up. Always keep walking. I used to be an, a gymnast, right? right? Olympic gymnast, she said. And I said, oh, right. Well, I, she, I said, how old are you? And she said, 19. I said, oh, I feel old. And she said, well, be like me and my son. She went, well, you both look young to me. As if we were both in the same <laughs> like age bracket. A couple of little pals bowling about. <laughs> but she... Uh, she like was, you were the Dukes of Azad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that little tiny one. And you. Yeah, no, it was, it was uh, inspirational. The, the, the old, eh, everyone? I have a, a round of applause for them. Not the old, not the ones who just sit around, though. 
Come on. If you are old, up you get and off you go. Stop sitting around and don't make such a fuss every time you fall over either. Come on. <laughs> up you get. <laughs> so enough of that. Okay, now there's going to be some tremendous items on this show. Everything will be summarised by our mate G over there. Matt Morgan's going to be involved in uh, badinage, as we call it. There's going to be 18 minutes of adverts, six songs, a board game expert that I met in Leeds. Have a look at him on my Facebook feed. His name's Matt Baker. Tom Morgan. Barker. Uh, Tom Morgan, an adventurer who hit the headlines for recreating the film Up. He went and what he done was, is what did he do? He became yeah, grief stricken. Befriended <laughs> <laughs> a Cub Scout. And shot off into a, into a multiverse. No, he uh, attached balloons to a deck chair and then floated around South Africa. Why not? Why not float around like, South Africa? Well, what I want to know is at what altitude? Because if you did it at like six foot off the ground, which you could. <laughs> I think that would be quite good. I'd like to see something an inch off the ground, just yeah. floating mysteriously. You're Everything. still in space. Relatively, you're still in space, aren't you? If, you know, in an infinite universe, an inch, a mile, who cares? Mm. Yeah? yeah? Everyone? Come on. So we'll Might be, be better than him. a wheelchair. Like if you could... Floaty chairs, hoverboards, yeah. hoverboards. What would you propel yourself with, though? Sheer willpower and charisma, <laughs> Matt. The same way as I have been up till now, my dear friend. Remember, we particularly are reaching out to you if you're suffering from a mental health problem because we've worked out that you are our main demographic, the Gosh. mentally ill. Well done, well done. Be careful how you spend your money. That's what we will say. Um, what else have I got to tell you? We've got a message from Hamish and Andy about our utopian island. You know, we're, of course, building utopia we've been yeah. um, we're moving steadily towards that the more spiritually advanced i become and some people are dazzled by the spirit, spiritual evolution they're witnessing the events at hammersmith apollo were a huge triumph matt a huge triumph i wish i could have been there yeah i'm sorry that you weren't disloyal very disloyal that you weren't there were, were two you? empty seats on that row they were i i, I played oh. my closing monologue with tears in my eyes to those empty speeches <laughs> i'm coming to tunbridge wells i had to go to noel's gig you didn't have to mate no you i did. chose to i uh, did and like the scissors that he used as an ironic <laughs> instrument on Jules Holland are now plunged between my shoulder blades by you, my dear, dear friend. So uh, like, but anyway, there's a bit at the beginning I read sort of a red section from recovery or oh, very moving. Was it Jenny May Finn? Oh, she switched <laughs> off. She switched off. Were you working? What are you editing right now, Jengo? Subtitling your nice recovery. Talk. Well done. That's exactly, yeah, that's what, exactly what you're talking about. That's right. It? See, yeah. look at that. Serendipity. away there. She really is. So, like, uh, yeah, very moving, very moving stuff. That when I was reading that out from my book. Recovery. Why is your um, PA flinch when you go near her? <laughs> well, Diego and I have not been working together very long. I like having a man work with me. The flinching. I think that's just a simple defence mechanism that people employ when they're and afraid because they've said, been struck many please times. Please don't hit me. He literally said, <laughs> "Please don't hit me." And Russell, oh, God, there's a little joke we have. Oh, morale is so high in the squad that we can afford we can afford to laugh at each other, can't we? We have jolly good fun now. Oh, don't embarrass me. Oh, another, another little bruise there. Get the old makeup lady on that. Very, he's very clumsy. He hurts himself, doesn't he? He's very, walking very... into doors left, right, and said, all around my house. Very, very clumsy fellow. Um, right, listen, but Hamish, yeah, I'm, I'm a, well, no, actually, I, I think he was being uh, amusing. Now, listen, Hamish and Andy, have, uh, well, we'll do that message maybe afterwards, will we? They're commenting on our uh, relationship with Utopia. We're going to be talking about board games. We're going to be reaching into your mentally ill little minds and communicating with you. 
directly, EG, Joey, hey Russ, long time listener of the show and your other works. Shout out to the partly Italian stallion Matt Morgan who tries his best to keep you from straying too long in the astral planes of your manic and insightful mind. And of course the moonlighting lyrical magician that is Mr. G. I'm a proud scouser, is there any other kind, who has been living in China for a few years as an English teacher. Yup, a scouse English teacher. Who would have thought, my God, they're going to have to crawl through some bloody, a network of linguistic caverns and labyrinths, aren't they? They're getting from Mandarin to English via a Mickey Mouse a scouser. It's going to be bloody challenging, isn't it? They're Some basically... people have learned English from this podcast. And that's the way to do it, because what insight you're getting into oh, what I like to call old mother tongue, <laughs> old father labia, or Mickey oh. giblets. Labia just means lips, just means lips. He's so quite right. That's all. <laughs> Thank you. Another little English lesson there. <laughs> See you all in the morning, kids. Bright and early. Uh, this is what he says anyway, says Joey, Joey the Scouser. Anyway, a month ago or so, pictures of Winnie the Pooh were banned in China because of its like likeness to President Xi Jinping, which is pronounced Xi Jinping. My question is, you... <laughs> I should have just pronounced it properly. <laughs> President Xi Jinping. Which, which is should... pronounced, isn't it? When we Jinping. <laughs> to, pro... <laughs> to pronounce it correctly, Xi Jinping. So... Jim my question is, if you were to be given a position of power, would you ban an image of something that isn't generally deemed offensive? Uh, well, this has happened a few times because Putin, well, he didn't ban it, but you know Dobby in uh, Harry Potter? Oh, yeah, he does look like Looks him. like him, so he got annoyed. Then Erdogan in Turkey. there's what did a, he ban? It was Gollum. There was a picture of Gollum, and someone had put it side yes. by side with Erdogan. These people are going mad. They're too sensitive. If you've got that amount of power, you can't be that sensitive. You can't go, right, I'm in charge of bloody China. Oh, no, there's Winnie the Pooh. Get that out of my yeah, sight. Yeah, but he doesn't look anything like Winnie G- the Pooh. Bing, ding. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. Oh, what? That's not... Post-colonial racism oh, there. No. Man, it's just trying to pronounce it. I know, you're not. You're I a actually good know lad. how to say his name. You've got, got, well, I know as well. I've got it written down. Xi Jinping. There you go. Now, listen, we're going to have a little commercial break now. Don't worry about it, though, guys. Do we like still free? Still free. And then when we come back, we're going to be talking to a man who knows a lot about board games. We're going to be talking more about Matt. And we're going to be talking about what I would ban if only I had the dirty old power shower. Yeah. This. This. Is. This. Radio X. Russell Brand. Just a moment ago, you were listening to some musicians, professional musicians, playing their actual best music. Who was it, Gal? Snow Patrol. Snow Patrol doing a record. So um, So what would you ban? uh, What images would I ban? I wouldn't like a gummy equine horse being put in my face too much. Why? What have you got to get? My own gums. Yeah. My own gums and teeth. I wouldn't like it. Like what I'd probably ban is an image of a horse going <laughs> like that, like sort of braying and neighing. I'd say stop that, guys. That's undermining my presidency. Well, I don't know who I'd look like from cartoon worlds. Well, anywhere. it's not just cartoon world, is it? It's homeless world. Is the world you want to work yeah, on banning? Actually, someone sent me a picture the other day of uh, they were on the way to your gig. Yeah, so I've pulled you into this story. Really? Stop! Oh, I'm looking down at your shoes. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, this is um, just Matt again. And uh, they said there's a picture of me on the wall of a pub. And there's this old bloke, Victorian, I'd say, beard, hair, looks like me. What? They found Victorian you. I mean, Maybe you are a time traveller, Matt. Well, I like to think so. Look at him. We'll Let's have a look this, at we'll this. We'll put this on this the. This will uh, be on our Instagram feeds. Follow us on Instagram. My God, it's oh. Matt Morgan from the Victorian era. He's even got Matt's downcast. I demeanor. showed it to my children and said, Who's that? And they went, Daddy. 
Wow. Straight away. Wow. Matt might be a time... Now, listen, ladies and gentlemen, we may be living in numerous multiverses simultaneously. Time may be an illusion that we have only conjured up because of our knowledge of our own mortality. Without our understanding of entropy and atrophy, would we even need time? And also, these systems we live within, I mean social systems... Is it not just kind of a game? And if it is, is it a bit like a board game? And as you know, haven't I got really interested in board games? Creepy, laboured segue. What do you mean? What's wrong with it? What? Come on, talk me through it. Break it down. What was it wrong? Was just, it killed off the last thing we were talking about. Yeah, what was that? Because you weren't even listening to it. You were just thinking, how do I say whatever he's telling me? Oh, yeah, because you saw a home. Hold on a minute. A home. What was that thing? Someone's on their way to a gig. No, you, you finished that. You didn't did even you? Look, look, the picture, <laughs> a picture in a pub. There was a picture who looked like me oh, yeah, yeah, no, in Victorian times, no. and all no, you were thinking, all like board games. Board games. How do I get the link? Dice. Mm. That's the way into this. <laughs> I see. I all see. All of the dice. <laughs> a double six. <laughs> Come on, Snake Eyes. Daddy needs Can a I brand say, new pair of spats. I get into things, and then you poo-poo them, and then months later, you get into them. All right. And what, what am I going to craft Magar? What? I love that. What am I going to get into next? What am I going to get into next? Then what are you into right? Now. And I'm into going camping on my own. Huh. And I bet in a, you'll and go, oh, you'll, you won't be able to do that. You'll be you scared be of the dark. And then in two months' time, you'll be going, oh, I'm going camping okay, on yeah, my yeah, own. Yeah, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, I've come up do. with it. That's what you do. Everyone, I have an announcement. I want you to gather around your wirelesses and I want you to listen like you've never listened before. Camping is stupid and people that do it are very, very foolish. There's nothing in it. It's just, how dare you snapdragon me? Now, Matt's just thrown snapdragon. That's a potential. That's some that, fun snaps. That, that's um, an explosive. That's an explosive in the studio. Probably is. You know what? That's got gunpowder in it. Of course it has. A police dog might smell that on my hand. I've got a beard. Yep. I'm done for. Get it, Cordon the area off. Cordon it off and get a board game expert. Expert on the phone now. I've got Matt Barker on the phone. He's a man I met on Leeds. You can have a look at him on my Facebook feed. We're going to talk about board games now. Matt, are you there, my friend? Hello. Yes, I'm here. Hiya. Matt, ever since we interviewed you in that shop, I expect the place has become a kind of shrine, has it? Full of loving Russell yeah. Brand fans coming there to just lay down wreaths. Am I not known as the jewel of the North, the Lady Diana of our times? There in the week. Huh? We have had a, a lot of pilgrimages. It is getting difficult to work around all of a sudden. The, the lit candles are making it quite difficult to put stock down, but we're, we're, we're muddling through. That's right. Muddle on. Just try to focus on your primary purpose as purveyors of bird game, uh, board games and the like. Bird games? <laughs> Look, I know. Bird game, board game. <laughs> tweet, tweet. Feather, feather. No, uh, so come on then, mate. What's on the brain. No, I've not. Now, hmm, listen, Matt Barker and you, Matt Morgan, these this world of board games, take us gently by the hand and lead us, though it were a board game, though it were game of life, into it. Tell us why there is this resurgence of board games, what we can learn from it, what it means, and which ones we should be looking at and playing. Sure. I mean, uh, board games obviously have been around for quite a long time, and we're all familiar with the staples of sort of game of life and Monopoly. Um, but they've had a real sort of resurgence in like the last 20 years, uh, particularly sort of it. <laughs> came from Europe and Germany. You've got games like uh, Settlers of Catan and Carcassonne coming out that sort of made people think quite differently about sort of, you know, what, what board games are and what you can, what you can do with them. Um, they've sort of become a lot more popular. There's been a real explosion in sort of the last uh, sort of five years and board games have undergone a bit of a renaissance. You know, there's a, a huge amount of different games out there, different themes of different types of games, different players. And basically it's, it's one of those hobbies that I think 
really brings people together, you know, like literally around a table most mm. of the time, uh, cursing each other for dice rolls. Um, well, I can't take all the yeah. credit. What are the other reasons that it's become uh, suddenly <laughs> suddenly popular since I popped in your well-established shop a week ago, <laughs> turning it into a cathedral of the north? I mean, yeah, obviously, I, don't, I didn't want to say that was the primary reason, but that is uh, certainly one of them. Um, but I think that one of the things, that, you know, as I say, there's, there's so many different sort of themes around board games. If people are into science fiction or history or, you know, fantasy stuff, there's going to be something that catches somebody's eye. I liked Elevensies, uh, mate, the one you gave me. Me and my wife played Elevensies where you've got to put on a lovely spread and maybe if you do it correctly, oh. a vicar will come. Oh, that was it. We had a lovely <laughs> evening. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, I absolutely love Elevensies. And I love, like, games with slightly weird themes are always, like, one of my favourites is a game called Mysterium, which is a game where uh, most of you are playing psychics and one of you is a ghost who is sort of trying to give visions in the form of these weird cards to people that they have to interpret and try and figure out who, who killed the ghost. Ooh, um, and nice Rhino nice. Hero. I played that, Rhino oh, Hero. Fantastic. That's very good fun. Mysterium, I want to play. And Rhino Hero, you build a house of cards and you've got to move the rhino around on it. Very good. Yeah, you've got a little superhero uh, Rhino Man. In fact, since we last spoke, they've released an even bigger version of it in which you can now play as uh, a bat penguin or a large elephant. You build skyscrapers and hang spider monkeys off them. It, it's demented. Oh, this is lovely. Now, look, we've got an email here from Dan from Brighton. He's saying that people are meeting up playing uh, like board games. There's a regular meet up in London called London on Board where you can meet at a pub, have a pie, apparently, and play. I, mean, I suppose you can do what you want once you're in the pub. You could get terribly dangerously drunk and lay face down on the carpet crying about your childhood and whatnot, couldn't you? This fella says, I recommend this to anyone in London looking for a fun way to meet people and make friends. People all meet up and have a lovely time playing so board games. So that's been games. going on for a long time, Russell, just because you've recently got into it. Mm. Oh, and we've just had this in, that since I got interested in board games, you can now meet in a pub and play them. And there's cafes springing up everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> oh, at last. Uh, Thank yes. God for me intervening in an otherwise ordinary and glum old world, <laughs> sprinkling my fairy dust on the, the tedium that is everyday life. <laughs> but I'll tell you one thing that will never catch on, and that's camping. Silly business, very silly, silly business. Never do any camping, no one. So what board game? I will look. I want to build morale in 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 the team here, the team of us that work together, but which is some people say frightening, lo frighteningly low, and that some new team members are flinching on sight of me, so seeing me wincing <laughs> and cowering. So we're thinking of doing a sort of a day. I'm wondering, uh, as you're the games master uh, in a Patrick Moore type way, Matt Barker, that should we have a sort of a, an event where we all meet up in a pub and play different board games, or should we go to one of them rooms where you get locked in it and you have to get out? I believe that is called I... kidnap. <laughs> Escape rooms, yeah. Yeah, that. Um, yeah they're, they're, they've become huge in like the last year, and they are fantastic. I mean, there's quite a, there's quite a few in Leeds. Um, I've been to one that was, uh, yeah, you know, sort of had to get out doing all these sort of medieval puzzles in an hour. They're a, they're a lot of fun, um, and I, I really enjoy them. As an experience, there's not an awful lot like them, but except for some board games. Um, yeah. There's a board game now called Unlock, which sort of simulates... Um, an escape room. There's another one called Exit, which is like a series of these three decks of cards, which again, each one of those is sort of a room that you're escaping from. So, I mean, it's, it's a cliche to sort of say, why not both? Uh, why you not can both? Easily, you know, 
That's what. Exactly. That's how I've navigated my way through mm. life. I say, look, what I reckon is that you should come in here and bring a game, and we should play a game live during the show, and that should happen. What about that? That would okay. be really good radio. <laughs> it will be on the internet as well. Rolled a three. <laughs> <laughs> now the eleventies is looking good. I've got a jam sandwich ready. And I a... like. Do you know what I used to love? Go on. Hero Quest. What is that, mate? That was. Uh, it was sort of Games Workshop and MB Games or one of them. They did a... only from Tommy. They used. It was good. You had a little, you know, quest. It was like fantasy. Yeah. You Matt, loved do you that remember yeah, Hero but... Quest? On, oh yeah, there's quite a few sort of uh, there's quite a few sort of big mad successes to that these days. There's a thing of sort of a Arcadia Quest and Super Dungeon Explore, all of which mm. took the idea of like Hero stuff. Quest and, and what about Talisman Frost... and made them into bigger things. Have you heard of Frostgrave? Frost, oh, it rings a bell. Matt, can uh, I speak to Matt Morgan? I'd... Can I speak to you privately for a second, Matt? Yeah. Can you not um, take over my friendship with Matt, <laughs> with Matt Barker and bring up more obscure board games? To, They're not obscure. Sidelining me. Cause I, I'd say, listen, what the I'm butler saw, this. what's your thing called? Oh, the vicar's coming. <laughs> That's more obscure. Look, I'm, I'm talking about fantasy quests where you collect gold. I'm leading Not like, oh, I've got a jam sandwich. It's gone curly. <laughs> That's rubbish. <laughs> Get anyone no, in the board games I've with that. I've not cut the crust off. Hey. The vicar's going to be here in a minute. As a man who's played both of them, I can happily say that Elevens is twice as cutthroat as Hero Quest. Do you see that, Matt? It's a cutthroat world, and I'm leading the way like a pirate, like a pirate on the. So this is what you were talking about the other week about how you could actually impose any. It could be the the theme could change. You could be running a zoo as much as you could be preparing for the vicar coming. That's right. There's a central mechanic, and then around that mechanic, you could do. You, anything, isn't it? This is the mechanic of how the game works. But you actually, Matt, you paint little figures and all of that. I don't. Dungeons and Dragons. I did. What? I had a bit of a wobble. <laughs> I was now, at Matt, a bit of a crossroads. Matt was at a crossroads. At that crossroads, what he'd done is he went in his garage and created an alternative reality for himself. I used to, um, well, yeah, Lord of the Rings uh, from, yeah, it's tragic, really. It's not really, because I, I think into, it's nice. It's imaginative. I like painting things, but now, I, I, then I realised, actually, I just like making and painting things. So I started doing... Ah, instead. Yeah. So what's the difference? Again, that is another external uh, aesthetic imposed on a central mechanic. You could say, look, I'm a brilliant artist. Like if you look at Jake and Dinos Chapman's, those Nazi landscapes that they make. It's like Dungeons and Dragons, really, but it's high art because of the aesthetic and the... Yeah, message. that's so, very similar looking to a lot of that sort of stuff. Yeah, and I really want to do some immersive things. I want to immerse myself right in something. So, Matt uh, Barker, I'd like you to think about this, and I'd like you to come down here on the train. We will not reimburse you for your fare and, and uh, set up a sort of a games thing for us while we play it live on air. And also, remember, we're probably going to do a special Christmas live show where people come in, and Matt, you can perhaps come on that, see? Right, this is going to be fantastic. <laughs> You'll be <laughs> absent. There's no way you're coming the way you've tripped me for this interview. All right, Matt Barker, thanks for coming on. Thanks, so Matt. Thanks. The, uh, what Thank recommendation? What like for people that want to get you know that want to follow me, the pioneer into this board game world? What are the new tentative games they should uh, think about? What was the ones you said? Mysterium and Elevensies. Mysterium's fantastic. Elevensies. Uh, if you've got brand new players and you're looking for something to sort of break out of the monopoly mold, there's a game called Ticket to Ride. That's an go. absolute masterpiece. Um, yeah, I feel like every home should probably have a copy of that. We're going to do this. Like We're going to do yeah. this together. That Monopoly thing's good. All right. Matt Barker, <laughs> thanks for coming on, Matt. Oh, what's your shop? Let's plug your shop. 
Well, it's Travelling Man. We're in uh, Leeds, York, Newcastle and Manchester. Brilliant place. I loved it there. You straight away, as soon as I met you, I thought, I love this bloke. He's really, really cool. Like, what was that? He, we walked into some furniture and went, come on, you can do this. Like, <laughs> as, soon as, as soon as I met him, I thought, he's got a funny attitude. All right, mate. Nice chatting to you again. I'll see, Cheers, we'll see you soon. Thanks again. Yeah, fantastic. See you bye, soon. Mate. Thanks a lot. Bye. 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 What bye. about the inevitable bit? What Don't about... tell me I ruined that interview no, because I didn't. I will, because what you done was, is you went over my head. You went over my head <laughs> and you embarrassed me in front of Matt Barker and you made me look like a dilettante revist in the world of board games instead of what I am, the Moses of board games. Bringing board oh, games... You're just, you've just stumbled into a board game shop <laughs> and looked around it as if you'd created it with your own consciousness. <laughs> yes, board games! <laughs> That's simply not what happens. You know the worst thing about board games is the bit where you get a new one and then you have to read the instructions. Oh. And there's always one person who goes, well, I'll read it. Yeah. And they sit there, don't touch the little counters yet. <laughs> there's that the bit where you're learning the board game. Yeah, that's what I don't like. And we'll be discussing that in a little bit of time. You wouldn't do it. Yeah, but you haven't got the patience. I have patience. Mate, listen, we're committed to this. It's too good to miss. Here's an advert for your lad. Go on, lads. Russell Brand. This is Radio X. You're right, Matthew. You enjoying yourself so far? You sure let me take a bite. <laughs> I watch him so closely, and I watch when his little cheekaboos are all filled up with brownie. Let's, you... let's find out how Matt is. How are you, mate? <laughs> Big gungy cheekaboos, dirty gums, stinking gnashes. That's Matt Morgan, everyone. That was a group that I've recently got into. Now watch out for them. They're called the Clash. I, if I'm not mistaken, they may become extraordinarily popular, even in retrospect. Nice picture here, uh, Russ, Matt, G, Gal, and Jen. Here's a picture of Winston Churchill admiring a prize greyhound. Django, tweet that and put it up on the internet. It's ever so nice. Our Majesty. Uh, Jim Redfern, member of the Matt Morgan Appreciation Society stateside splinter group. Please do a show in San Francisco. Matt, you've got fans even in San Francisco. If you're going to San Francisco, put some flowers in your hair and take some mental health medications with you because the people there are deeply unwell. That's what I will say to you. Okay, now, as you know, we've been concentrating for some time now on creating utopia, given that we're not satisfied with capitalist consumerism, even though we've benefited from it in many, many ways. I, for example, have got a nice pair of shoes and uh, a new jacket. But regardless, I would like to be regarded as a kind of pioneer and an emperor and to do what I've done for board games for society in general, <laughs> i.e. create a whole new lot of energy. Now, apparently our item around utopias is far from original, like much of our content, Matthew, like much of it. And <clears throat> and uh, Hamish and Andy have already done like something like it and they've sent us a message. Now, I've been to Australia many times. Hamish and Andy, I uh, love them very much. They're very Was really... it like a breakfast show? Mm. Yeah, I think so. They might be on a drive time now, but they're they're extraordinary. They're really like, you know, sort of how if you're like got if you're a colonialist type person like me, like I sort of think of Britain as naturally superior to everything. Something that Kai Hindi uh, Andrews on the last episode of Under the Skin disavowed me of. Let me tell you, it's a very good episode of Under the Skin yeah. where he, he goes um, like Trump is a better uh, president for African-Americans than Barack Obama because now you are forced to I, confront I, this. I, I really have you listened to the podcast? Listen to the podcast. Don't don't hit me with that. Listen, like we've got to get to Hamish and Andy. We've got to get to Hamish and Andy. We'll leap into... We'll listen, race war is, as you know, <laughs> one of my favourite subjects. But uh, we're going to have a quick look at Hamish and Andy, uh, who are, you know, in my view, good, even like 
outside of the context of Australian is basically what I was going to say. <laughs> you know, like you say, you might go, good, for an Australian. That's so offensive. Good. No, no, it's not. Wow. No, it's it like, that's a nice restaurant for an Australian restaurant. You know what I mean, mate? You know I know what you mean? mean, but you don't say it out loud. <laughs> <laughs> I had some nice food Actually, the other the day. the food's much better in Australia than it is here. Oh, here he goes. Here he goes. Oh, an apple tastes like an apple. A peach tastes like... Oh, when I was in Australia, I had a peach the size of me head. <laughs> You're always saying stuff like that. You're such a penniless urchin. I reckon you are that Victorian man that I saw in that picture. Maybe so, I am. Maybe you about are. about when Jay-Z appeared in an old picture or something? It does happen. Yep, that's right. And sometimes there's footage of people in Charlie Chaplin days coming out of places on the telephone. Well, so listen, I mean, they weren't. But no, yeah. they weren't. They weren't. That's absolutely hogwash. Like just as a person holding a hand to their head, like my little mabes. That's what about that. this? Go on. A thing in the pyramid. They found a new hole. I told you yeah. that would happen. I told you there would be a so hole in the pyramid. M- there's What's many the mysteries to be found in that building. What? Are... <laughs> 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 Don't know about Egyptology. Under the, the Sphinx is poor. There's a a chamber. Under the Sphinx's pool, no, there's a chamber. Egyptologists block people from uh, exploring Egyptologists, it's a closed shop. They won't let you learn about Tutankhamun. Let's have a look at Amish and Andy, guys, and see what they're saying to us. Russell. Ah, <laughs> uh, Russell. You've come to the right guys. We hear you want to buy an island. Yeah. Welcome mm. to the big leagues, kid. <laughs> Been there, done that. Uh, it sounds fun, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah, I'm sure it sounds like a lot of fun. But... I think... Look, I think our only advice would be don't buy the cheapest one. We mm. went for a disused 1800s, very, iron. very small iron mine. Yep. It was actually an islet, smaller than an island. Mm. Uh, couldn't get to it from land. No. Nope. Had to fly into a neighbouring island who he needed to form a peace treaty with mm-hmm. and then row over to it. Um, there was nothing there except a couple of deer. There was, um, a, there there was, was some no confused deer, some cow bones. Real habitable flat land. There may have been a land bridge back in the Gondwana era. Mm. Uh, there was no flat land habitable. And also, um, we tried to build a casino on it. I know you probably have different <laughs> ideals for your <laughs> island, yeah. but that was also knocked back by council. Red tape galore. Yes. We thought we were buying an island paradise, and what we bought was a big basket of red tape. Yep. And not fun red tape we could reuse for Christmas. Um, Costly red tape. Yeah, every time we tried to get there, which was only twice, even though we still own this island, it cost a lot of money to get there. And once we got there... We would, it was difficult to exploit the island for any entertainment or financial gain. <laughs> we could have gone and sat in a park and experienced a similar My favourite part of visiting the island is when we would go to the mainland bit in Queensland where the plane would take off from. There was a nice hotel there we stayed at. Yes. After that, then, the island stuff here was rugged. It was yeah. tough going. So I We don't want to put you off. We no, just, no, no, no. I'd just reach out to Branson. You want to go than, more up the Branson end of the spectrum. More than the Hamish Dandy end because um, <laughs> even though we still own this thing we haven't visited it for two years it is nice though uh when we catch up with oprah we can both talk about owning islands that's fun um, that is fun we haven't, and then, haven't you know, met her yet she might say stuff like you know mine's got running water which yeah. would be a cool brag yeah. which is a pretty big brag in the island and world. we'd have to say how many head of deer do you have and we we go yeah ours has running water too you know if it's raining and it's a more cascading water down the one of the cliff faces <laughs> but um best of luck best of luck we'll send you a deer when you get one Hmm, I'm jaded by it. I feel quite inspired because you remember, of course, 
They are Australian. So their attempts to buy an island are going to be more troublesome because of their impaired intellectual capacities. And also they're approaching it from a very capitalist perspective, weren't they? Like, oh, they were going to build... Casino. Yeah. I mean, the, I love the idea of a deer and of cascading water on that's a cliff face. That's what I want. Face. I want to go. I'd love... That sounds perfect for me. Yeah, the cascading cliff face. Imagine being there, you know. I didn't like the idea of the red nobody tape, Nobody else Matt. is going to come. No one. Yeah, Just, the red tape's annoying, but once you get there... You're through the red tape. Oh. And we will we'll, we'll relish the red tape, won't we? We'll be like a pair of kittens kicking around in all that red tape. No, I mean... Hmm, infrastructure. We could just buy their one. Do you reckon they'll give us it? Well, hold on, where is it? Theirs is off the coast of Australia. That's Queensland, too far. He said. Look, I want that Fraggle Rock one that that murderer that came on here talked to us about. <laughs> 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 like he was the murderer. <laughs> you remember him? He came on. Reg McGuinness. He'd done a murder. Lovely guy. He came on here. <laughs> guilty as sin. Guilty, guilty, guilty. No, he never done it. But like, regardless, what I say, Matthew, yeah. what, where do, look, I think this can work. It's more of a cult as well. Hamish and Andy, they're Australian. They don't know how to inspire religious fervour in people. Not the way I do, Matt. You've been to one of my gigs. The religious fervour is high. But, oh, a message for Hamish and Shenandi, our producer's holding up. Not really, no, nothing to say. <laughs> well, we should do a message to them. All right, we'll, all right. This is a message to them, Hamish and Andy, but are we on, uh, can we use it as a video message? We've got to at least match their production standards. Me and Matt aren't even in a two-shot. Yeah, we can get together in the sums that they can see us. Hello, Hamish and Andy. Uh, we appreciate your advice on islands, but remember, of course, you are Australians. Now, I know Australia is itself an island, but remember your heritage. Think of it. You've got none, have you? Now, you are you we you were offcuts from Britain. <laughs> it was oh, now I've done a tiny fart, fart in the that message. Was a, that was a tiny undermined our message. That's something a mouse could have done. Talking down to them. No, I love Hamish and Andy. People. And there you are, breaking wind. Now then, guys. No, thank you, actually. That was brilliant advice, brilliant insight. But we are determined to build a utopia. I don't know. They went in there thinking about casinos. Look at them. They're so laid back, Hamish and Andy. They're not like me. I'm a fervid religious type with an ideology. I want to get over there and build utopia. So, uh, look. mm, Sell it to the other people, does it? I'm a fervid religious type. (laughs) (laughs) His hand in the air. Almost (laughs) waved his fist. (laughs) (laughs) No, but look... I don't think that would be a utopia for many people. Mm, I know, you're right. But a lot of people say, they're always saying to me, Russell, we'd vote for you, we'd vote for you. And I, when I, they say that, my eyes, they glint and glisten as I... As I, I think that's what happened to Trump. Is it? Trump. Well, at least President have... of the United States of America. I know. That's the terrifying thing. Right. That's exactly... How high do you reckon you could get? I reckon pretty high, man. If we can get our hands on this island, I think that the sky's the absolute bloody limit. Now, I love Hamish and Andy. I think they're absolutely brilliant. And let's face it, we didn't need to pause that video, did we? The content level was very, very strong. They're basically doing our job for us (laughs) from uh, from another hemisphere. They're doing our items in advance of us to a better quality. They're achieving it. Us, we don't ever achieve our items. That's the thing, right? When have we been with We don't achieve anything. We don't achieve anything. Ed Stafford. He said we could go camping with him and it's all just ha, ha, ha. I've... Love that guy. <laughs> I know how you do. He's coming on under the he skin. He never replies to our Instagram messages. We've become quite close, Ed and I. I was just... Uh, I, during the massage I was giving him yesterday, I said, Ed, we really <laughs> must make more time for Matt Morgan. We must, the pair of us. So like, he's coming on under the skin. And, like, uh, so, Come. Come, meet him. Right, I'm coming. 
come on, Anderson. You better not talk When's all over him. I will. I'm going to talk all over him. You show him the respect he deserves. Ed, now, the most important thing is spirituality, isn't it? So, therefore, I should be doing most of the talking in this chat. Meow, pal, meow, butte. Sit quietly and listen to some of the you things I reckon. You haven't even watched any of his programmes. I've not had time, mate. I've been too busy thinking <laughs> oh, my thoughts God. and planning my pipe dreams. My Half the time, he's under the skin, people, because mm. we do. he records that after this. Mm. He has to be coached for about 10 minutes on how to say their name. He's done <laughs> so little research on them. <laughs> then they turn up and he goes, hello, yes, I love your book. Oh, you've blown my mind. <laughs> all he's done is learnt their name and only just. <laughs> and then he talks all over them. <laughs> Scribbling over an academic career. <laughs> there was one last week with Kai Hindi Andrews. There well, was we learnt it. So, yeah, it took a while. Yeah. But like, I, like, I, the, the bit, the bit, best bit was when I was telling him about Malcolm X. He's like a scholar in black studies. I was going, now, what I think about Malcolm X, quiet, please, sir. I'm talking about Brother Malcolm. If I could speak for a moment as a black man, <laughs> not that I am, but I pretty much get it because I read the back of a book once. I also saw a film where Denzel Washington played the part quite beautifully of Brother Malcolm. I, I think I picked up the gist. Now, <laughs> yeah, but it's, I'm, I'm very aware of what I'm doing i'm aware of how silly i am i know how daft all this is but i think those of you that are listening that are mentally ill and vulnerable know that the systems we already live in are founded on bureaucratic fictions <clears throat> already there's a kind of madness that we're already living in we're living in webs of other people's mad mad neurological duplicity tangled tangled mind webs and we can unpick that and create utopias whenever we choose to just through a deep inhalation and a little bite of utopia. Look, what you need to do is get in touch with someone who owns an island. Right. And we can borrow it. Borrow an island. Have a go at it. Mm. See if we can do a week. It could just be attractive land. Look, what I want to see is is if a d- proper little democratic culture could be fully self-supporting and self-sustaining. Like it could make its own food and have its own democratic process and its own economy. Yeah, That's but they've what done like. those sort of things. And it Who quite, done it? There's reality shows now, where countries. it was like up in Scotland that... To, Survivor, that sort of thing. Yeah, but it always it, it's boring. It gets into sort of boring, like, oh, Andrew hasn't done the washing up. Hey, excuse me, Andrew. It gets to that really That's, quickly. That was my turn that you just bloody well touched. Listen, all I want is to overthrow the capitalist consumer state, like I've been saying since it's I was collapsing. a little girl growing up in I bet Sitka. when he colla- it collapses, you'll... Take so credit was, for I it. will, because I told you ages ago. I started all this. This was my idea. It's me that's brought down consumerism and capitalism. If anyone's doing Buy it, my book. <laughs> and please listen to these adverts. <laughs> Dear Britain, we know you can't wait to take off again to the people and places you love. To feel the sun on your face and the sand down your shorts. Or just read and read and read. Until you feel happy and glorious once more. Take off to Europe from £39 each way. British Airways. Made by Britain. T's and C's apply. Limited availability. Price based on a return fare departing London Heathrow in September. See ba.com slash for details. Russell Brand. Radio X. Ladies and gentlemen, this is hour two of the Russell Brand Radio X show stroke jungle book, the musical, What a Life You're Living. <laughs> well, I just thought I'd say it. I've been to the lavvy. I feel absolutely terrific. Before you, you heard... Do you now think that there's a, a huge cultural revolution where people washing their hands after the toilet? Because <laughs> now you've started doing it. That's right, guys. If you want to be squeaky clean like me, and why wouldn't you, give the old hands 
there's a little drizzle under the old tapkin, and why not use a bit of pear soap? So for years you just thought, <laughs> all these idiots washing their hands off the toilet because they've been sold at the squares. <laughs> the government keeping us down. Actually, the plague was because of people not washing their hands. So pay attention, Matt. Listen up. That was uh, before you were listening to old Russ, and why wouldn't you? It was Liam Gallagher you were listening to doing his record. Now, there's an email here from a young lady called Yami Ishwara. Now, Yami, I should have been coached on this, actually. I could have done with yes. a, a hand on Yami Ishwara, shouldn't I? I am an Australian visionary artist. A lot of Australian content this week, isn't yes, there? Yes, so stop slagging them off. Okay. In fact, I've... this is the turning point, because I've seen this picture. I love Australia, and I love the people of it. All right. <laughs> I am an Australian visionary artist. I love what you have to share with the world. I wanted to connect with you and share this artwork I created. I was guided by spirit to paint you as the master, with a capital M, you are. I created a short video about the painting. You can watch it here. Right, put that up, Django. Put that up on the internet, this video. She flinched. That's two people that have flinched people today. Flinch, yeah, because you waved an email at her like, Yo! <laughs> you were shooing a crow from your garden. <laughs> <laughs> I would never shoo a, shoo a crow from a garden because they're a good omen, aren't they? Crows, the gathering oh, ravens. Bad. Oh, no, I love that when the garden's all full of crows. I always think that's a good thing. <laughs> well, you think that's a good noise? Yeah, when they're all gathering at my windows on the windowsill, their cruel beaks dragging against the glass. The duck man goes out there with his long fingers. <laughs> the crows, the crows are <laughs> gathering. It's a good sign. <laughs> Today will be a picnic. Strawberries and merryweathers. She'll feed them from my mucky hands. <laughs> there, <Luck> man. <laughs> there, pick some corn there from my third finger, from the wedding finger. So look, what Yami Yeshlora, the Australian visionary artist, has created here, and you can have a look at a video of it, is me. Thank you You've got to buy that. for the light you bring to the world that, pa- that picture I mean it's very well painted it's beautiful, mm, it's beautiful but it's going to go straight to your head it makes you look like some sort of angel mm, god man does doesn't it and look at the above me I've got some sort of it looks to me like a black woman sort of spirit guide woman just above me head don't you think yeah coming out of me seven got chakra. spirit guides Have I've I? got two apparently <laughs> who are they who are yours no one famous not like Mark Boland like your one my <laughs> one's tip of the top top of the pops Mark Boland spirit guiding me around and a big uh, Chinese fella as well, really? a samurai warrior and a Native American. They're no, all up there. The la- what do you mean? That lady. There was an it. Australian one, but he's quit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not putting up with this rubbish. <laughs> well, look at this. If it's Australia you want, here's some. Greg says this, and he's Greg. My name's Greg. I'm a 30 years old, Aboriginal, open brackets, native, close brackets, Australian, living in Melbourne. I wanted to write to tell you how much of a profound impact you've had on my life. I'm currently laying in my bed, and I felt the urge to show gratitude. Why not, Greg? I grew up in a poor family and community in regional Australia. Around four years ago, at 26, I had a crisis in my life, and it went downhill. I suddenly became depressed, anxious, irritated with everything that I was. I ended up becoming alcoholic. Alcoholic, sex addict, workaholic caused a lot of damage to people close to me. I later found out that all my struggles as a child had caught up to me and that I would have an uphill battle for the rest of my life trying to keep my demons at bay. At least he was a workaholic as well. That's quite good because that's functional. Yeah, that's true. Well done, Greg, for keeping the work up. 
But there's been some good stuff. I've always been a fan of you, but when I started watching you on The Truths, my life remarkably changed. I've watched every episode, some more than once, and I've seen, never seen the world or myself in it more clearly. Since my exposure to your work and messages, my life has completely transformed. See, a lot of people are turning to old Russ. That is why this island will work. Mm. Because of lads like Greg and artists like Yashmi, people that are prepared, I hope I've said her name correctly. Let me have a little glance at that again. Yep, perfect. Now, these people, it's their dedication and love that will make this island the crackpot den of egomania that I've always dreamed of. Mm. But there's some good stuff too. <laughs> Since my exposure to your work and messages, my life has completely transformed. More importantly, I understand the need for myself to go through my own journey of discovery and growth in order to change the world firstly from within. I can't possibly put into an email how much you have helped me become a better version of myself. Thank you, Russ. You're a legend. P.S. You need to bring G into the show a bit more. Now, well, other than the last well, bit, what's weird very about that good is, email. His name's Greg. My name's Greg. Yeah. G's name's Greg. Yeah, so every time he's saying Greg, I'm just lifting my head up going, oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, well, but, but then at the end, he goes, bring G. Yes, exactly. You think that this is, so he's used in my, his knowledge of my ego that I wouldn't be able to resist reading this email out because it's so kind it's about G, me. right, isn't it? G would never be. I've known G a long time, and he's never once said anything kind. If you play back the right... <laughs> I went to your show, and I just said that, that, I said that you were funny. Oh, yeah, thanks. You flinched before you said that. <laughs> <laughs> flinchy, flinchy. No, hold on a second. Yes, let's talk about that. I did see you and your wife there at a yeah, show. Yeah, it was, it was, I've never seen a full show. In, I haven't seen a full show in years. So see? It was really, it was really well, you always storm out. <laughs> <laughs> He's normally driven from the stools by a lot of my white supremacy. <laughs> Getting a refund. Right? Come on. No, no, no. I was, it was come so on, much. come on. Praise <laughs> me. It was the first time I've you seen the show from beginning like to the should. end. And? Yeah, and it was very good, yeah. No, you backed off he on the He told me it was very long. <laughs> <laughs> it was a long night in Hammersmith. Did you come to the reading as well? No, I didn't Start say, What do you mean the reading was the bit where I was at my most messianic? Jenny's subtitling it now. Very good bit where I tell a story about Winehouse and a, a friend of mine. Well, it gets to the heart of addiction, gets right to the heart of it, and that is where we want to This be. guy was... Um, Greg. Did you know that the uh, Aboriginal Australians had a different way of seeing space not space up there but like the space that they occupy and so they have sort of inbuilt originally had an inbuilt compass Mm. so there's not just forward there's i can't even there's more there's more complexity to it it's insane the way that they so they could like go walk for miles and stay on the same track and stuff like that it's amazing a lot of cultures he's, he's lost all that you know he's living in a western democracy Yes. Right. He's getting depressed and stuff. Of course. I mean, he's gone so mad, he's turned to your (laughs) online witterings. (laughs) So if he was tuned back into the system that he'd evolved. I've realised something here, very, very important, that a lot of people that were were uninterrupted by what we call civilization, but which seems like in some respects the manacling of human instincts so that a few people can benefit, i.e. post-agricultural society, where a huge percentage of the population has to work so that a smaller number of the population can live in privilege. Ever since then, we've been detached from different ways of seeing reality. Like, Like you said, even in a very basic spatial awareness sense, and it reminds me again of that uh, brilliant speech by that uh, American Indian, he called himself that activist, called Russell Mead, who said that even ideologies that we consider to be polarised, such as Marxism and capitalism, he said to us, those things are just different sides of the same coin. Yeah. We don't see culture as necessarily being economically led. We mm. see beingness, our essential yeah, perspective yeah. is different. That's so, why you got to watch those Ed Stafford things, right? There's one where he goes, uh, he's in Papua New Guinea. <laughs> 
Look, it's brilliant. Go on. Anyway, you're getting on. Yeah. But you found these people, these tribes people, right? Mm. And they live on man-made islands that they make themselves, right? And then they showed him how they do it. And boys from the age of four and men up to whatever, like 74, are all diving down, grabbing stuff and then helping build this island. Mm. And they've all got like the masculinity in, you know, like it's like passed down. But you start when you're four. So you're learning. You're seeing the old men do the same thing. You're learning this thing. There's a connection that goes through the people, right, Mm. which we don't have these days. It's like that book you made me read. Recovery by Russell Brand. (laughs) (laughs) I still haven't done that. Um, Iron John. Yeah, yeah, that's Jack. by Robert. What's it called? Iron it's called John. Iron John. It's by Robert Robert Bly, and it's an analysis of myths around masculinity and yeah, and how we don't. Identity. You lear, used to learn from your dad and your granddad, yeah, and if you're a woman, from your mum and your nan, yeah, right. So you'd learn stuff, but we we've, we've lost that because if you're a web designer and your dad was a lawyer or something mm. like that, then you don't. There's no sort of handing on information yes we've become atomized because like we assume that economically led systems are the only systems worth identifying with like a mate Mm. of mine a while ago said about his son like he's got like addiction issues he goes like in a way he said like he's not a person who's gonna become a lawyer and all of that and so you sort of you Un- almost unconsciously think, oh, that's a shame. But really, well, why? Why is it yeah. like you know, like the, sort of what's wrong with it? He wants to just spend time reading and hanging out. You know, well, you've got to make your way in this world. You've got to work. it's just so entrenchant. You think yeah, of it yeah. as not even an option. Uh, I talk a lot about our culture is an extremist and fundamentalist culture simply because you can't see an alternative. We talk about extremism as other, like our oh, religious extremism and whack jobs and all of that. But really, we live in extremism because we can't imagine an alternative and even something is apparently you know parochial or not parochial every day or silly as your like experiences with virtual reality it shows that if you put on a device that changes your perception of reality suddenly everything seems sort of questionable even the mm. way our senses interprets information and so i think that's important like the relate like i reckon there's i mean i'm sure there's been studies but the relationship between colonized nations and their colonizers and the way that they've been separated from nature abruptly like that there's yeah. a, a lot that can be learned from that and i think that your fascination with ed stafford is your own yearning to reconnect because we you know we we are the same as them we're not distinct really from aboriginal people yeah. in colonized but in his, in his shows, he always says, when you meet these people, they're happy. They're so happy. They're just smiling all the time. Mm. It's because they are completely in tune with what they're meant to be doing. They don't, there's no questioning. There's no, it's almost like they're not ever, they haven't got much of an inner voice going, oh, God, I need to buy a house. Oh, no, I've put that pebble in the wrong place. This island's not going to work. You know, there's a, they have, like, as part of, I read this thing about them, the, a myth, and I think it is an Australian Aboriginal myth, I'm not sure, though, where, like, uh, there's a point when you're, like, adolescent, the, the children grow up primarily with a female, with a female parent, but at 13, 14, all the men, masks, come into the village, grab you and drag the male children off and they tell you their creation myth their version of Adam and Eve how you know our relationship with God changed when we became material somewhat yeah. separate from God there's a moment you know where they're walking in the garden it says they're Adam figures walking in the garden and the, you know he displeases the God or whatever and the God smacks him in the mouth or sh- smites him in some way and knocks a tooth out and at that moment in the story when you're being told it as a 13 year old an older man in the tribe smacks you in the mouth and knocks one of your teeth out so for the rest of your life you've got like 
in your mouth, there's a bit we feel with your tongue that connects you to your past and you remember it. You're bodily different. That's why like sort of circumcision, scarring and those kind of ideas. It's mm. so that you become bodily different. I'm not a child then, anymore. And you think of our myths and people go, oh, those silly myths. Brutal, we, we, brutal. we go, look, an Easter bunny giving you chocolate eggs. Like it's... Yeah. Madness. And our myths of you've got to go like this is there's this class of people, there's this race of people, this is what you've got to do. Like you know, like you know, like Pancake before. Day. <laughs> and even I think our more entrenchant myths of you've got to go to university, then you've got to work for the rest of your life and you can't stop till you're sixty five and then that's it. And then on your deathbed you might go, This isn't who I was. Bye. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> like, that's what I'm going camping, for? baby. Let's get camping. I've always said this. Camping is the future. All right. Well, oh no, actually we've got about a minute. Let me read uh, another little email. Neil Ritchie here is a municipal councillor from North Dumfries Township. He says, hello, Russell. I'm a municipal politician and I'm going to run in the next provincial election here in Ontario for my local riding. I suppose that means councillor sank. I've been involved with the Conservative Party and I realise big business runs a show. I've left the right wing and I've decided to put my name forward for the new Democratic Party, which is Democratic Socialism. I know the world needs to change and start somewhere. And if you want a political voice, we have the same ideals. If I can can help you win the battle of change let me know all the best hope to hear from you neil ritchie we will slowly and insidiously infiltrate the world via north dumfries township via neil ritchie talking about socialism did you see that tweet that trump jr did oh what did he say oh, it made me so angry it was about the candy it's and the picture collection. of his daughter with a bucket of candy saying like just to so my daughter can learn about socialism. She's collected all this candy so she can learn about socialism. She's going to give half of it to a kid who just sat at home. We are going to analyse that after these break, after this break, or half a break, because we're only going to do half a break so we can learn about socialism. And then after that, we're going to analyse why that was so very silly. And we're going to be talking about a man who lives in a cartoon. Russell Brand Radio X. Oh, here is a radio program. I do a radio program. This is a new This is the radio program. This is the radio program that I do. Were you doing that just because the clock hadn't started? So you just thought. Well, I think sometimes, why have we got to say stuff that's normal? You know, if you don't know, that's the strokes by now. Where where have you been? That was ages ago. Mind you, I still think of things like Lady Gaga as being modern. And if like someone know. goes Lady Gaga, I go, ooh. Oh, yes, she's come out with a new single, a paparazzi. <laughs> I see she's wearing a very tall hat. Bravo, bravo. Now she's like with an old granny, isn't she? Oh, don't. Uh, is she? Yes. No, I like her. The, um, I the, mean, in, ter- in sort of music terms. Oh, I see. Yeah. The, the, I, I read poems at this old people's home, right? And there's this mm, old dude there. Always playing his own trumpet. I like them, man. He's, he's fixated with Lady Gaga. Like he, what, he, an old man? Yeah. Healthy. Yeah, he, he emails her. And really? Actually, he's Australian, right? You know, mm, Lady Gaga. <laughs> Lady Gaga emailed her the other night, you know. And, and he's he's an old man in an old folks' home and he's an Australian and he's obsessed with Lady Gaga. Obsessed with Lady Gaga. As he responding to the poetry, is he doing all right? Yeah, not too bad. I read him what was it? Rudyard Kipling's If, he'd never heard it before, so his eyes lit up with that. Did he like it? Didn't like it as much as Lady Gaga. Right, we'll yeah. see. <laughs> Fair enough. He's an old man in an in old folks' home in Australia. He's got no obligation to respond. Hold on a minute. I'm meant to be raising the bar culturally, aren't I? 
Well, we're talking about Trump Jr. That would raise it. Tell us then what you mean. And uh, Dad, gives me Kindle, mate. Well, for a man who got all his money from his dad, who then got all his money from his dad. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, how can you... Oh, it's, just, it's just annoying. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So, like, they, yeah, they tweet probably... a picture saying, oh, I'm going to get his... You know, I'm going to go and give away half my kid's candy that it collected itself to make a point about socialism. But they are actually making a point about socialism because that kid has only ever been ensconced in economic privilege. And so declaring that yeah. that's a, a Also, the start. candy's, you know, scavenged from people's houses. You oh. go and collect it, and it's like... He probably, you know, imagine how much candy he had as a kid just given to him without, I don't know. His whole life's candy. He's but then he's, but he's living land. in that bubble. He probably kind of has no concept of someone who deserves to live in a socialist system because they're disabled or something. No, I know. that's Well, this is, I suppose, the, the loss of very, very basic ideas such as compassion. I think that... Well, well yeah, society, community or anything. like Not in a sort of hippy-dippy way, just like... Some, you know, like in if in a tribe, you'd help the older people, right? Yeah. Stuff like that. But that's so alien to him yeah. that it's just like some people sit around doing nothing. Whereas I have been out grafting. No, you haven't. You inherited <laughs> everything. People believe their own myth very, yeah. very deeply. It's very hard to change. And he kills episode. animals. It would be does he? It would yeah. be a good Goes person. Hunting. Oh dear. It'd be a good person to do a Scrooge on. You know, like do a Scrooge, like waking up in the middle of the night. I don't think you'd find that little maggot of humanity in his brain. I've been looking for a maggot of humanity in his brain when I met him. I was that was what I was rooting around. Oh, the for. big Trump. Big Trump, yeah, not little Trump. Big proper Trump. Trump President Trump. I went round his tower and I was the main thing I was trying to do was I was going, mate. Come on, ain't you curious about altruism? No, no. Don't, what, what about he's just all he was curious about doing the same thing he'd already done, lots and lots of different. You know, what is interesting about that encounter was he let you have one thing from his office. Yeah, pencil I had. Now uh, let's have a person on the phone who lives actually in a cartoon. He's moved to a cartoon and he lives in it. His name is Tom Morgan, weird surname. Let's not hold that against him. He runs an adventure company in Bristol, The Adventurists. He's flown across South Africa on a camping chair. You need to have a little sit down? Yes, please, dear. And he spent days inflating the balloons with his own mouth. It was reminiscent of the film Up. Tom, are you there? And uh, do you Not with his own mouth. It's got helium. helium. No can one can breathe, breathe helium. helium. No one can do that. Tom, are you, are you there, mate? We want to talk to you about this. We want to know the ins Hello, and outs. Russell. Hello, mate. How's I it going? Very good. Very good. Yourself? Yeah, we feel pretty upbeat. We feel pretty upbeat, everyone here in the studio. We're flying high. We're, we're sort of reeling in rage about sort of some of the political things that have happened and really about the sort of the ongoing colonisation of the of the world's people. But continuing now, the colonisation of the mind, our inability to see beyond our limited inculcation. But that's why an experiment such as yours, an adventurist who floated around on helium balloons, fascinates us because it seems that you live in defiance of what is ordinary and normal. Explain to us what you do and what the hell's going going on uh, well, well, i guess like i'm a professional idiot probably is Good. a short, short form Me of too. what short form of what i do we organize uh, largely stupid and dangerous adventures for people to do Ooh. because life's a little bit too safe and structured these days i love this already go on give us a few examples of some of your pro- your uh, professional idiotic adventures to bring spice and magic into life uh, well, we do a thing called the Mongol Rally, where you take uh, you basically your granny's car and you drive it 10,000 miles across the world to Mongolia. Ooh. Uh, tiny little cars. Uh, we have a fleet of auto rickshaws in India that you can drive. We have um, a kind of flying race on paramotors down the west coast of, a, of uh, the US, which are basically handkerchiefs with a lawnmower on your back. Uh, all, all sorts of silly, silly things. 
So really, you're like uh, you're sort of a pioneering fella that lives for glee. Now, what was this thing where you floated around on <laughs> on balloons? Why we? What happened? Well, I'm looking for to to make I guess the world's silliest air race, and the uh, and, and I think and anybody who's ever held a helium balloon, that certainly anyone I've ever spoken to has always thought about how many more you need before mm. you get off the ground. How many and, was uh, it? It was. It turned out to be about eighty-six. Eighty-six and off you like, shot. Probably more than that. They're, they're big ones, mate. How high up was you? Eight thousand. 300 foot. Whoa. Whoa. Oh, that's a bit scary. How'd you get down, snipping them off one by one with your little teethy whoops? <laughs> Basically, yeah, or popping them. Oh, my that sort God. Of thing. What were you popping them with, an air gun? <laughs> no, because that has a propensity to go all the way through all of them, which would be a little bit dramatic. Oh, yeah. <sighs> Matt, grow up. Oh, little nice. I just didn't think it yeah. through. Stupid idea. Very silly. But what were you popping them with? A little knife. <laughs> That's dangerous. <laughs> You're up there in the sky with a little knife. I'm looking at a picture of it, and it does look satisfyingly like the film Up. Now, can you? Uh, we'd like to do something stupid, uh, uh, aside from the radio show, which we're already doing, which fits neatly into that category. What can you suggest for us? What can we do? Matt, for example, into this thing called camping. Is there something you could do that's, uh, like I don't know, that he might enjoy? Can't you strap him to something? I'd like to do the balloon thing. You want to just float? I'd do it. Would yeah. you? Yeah, well, come, come along, mate. Well, can gonna, you keep well, it at low altitude? Could you, like, just be 10 feet off the ground? Uh, you can. It's quite controllable, because we had some, like, butts of water strapped to the side, so you could kind of, with a little tap on, like little um, jerry can ah. things. Could, if you wanted to go up, you let a bit of water or go to the toilet. Uh, tried that. And did that you? You um, peddled off the edge of the balloon buggy. <laughs> did you, mate? I did, yeah. It was slightly mm. awkward, but I did, yeah. Did you really? I find wing sitting down quite challenging. I, I stood up for that reason. Hold on a minute. I'm looking. Let me examine the picture. Well, we've got to the heart of the matter. Have you got really? any snaps? Hold on a minute. You do look perpendicular. Is that you? Are you that aubergine looking thing? <laughs> Yeah, I am a travelling aubergine, really. Yeah, that's, that's kind of that's the look I go for. And you're floating across. But the we had a little dangly thing under the bottom of it. Mm. it I'd like to be on the balloons, but then have a tether that's a grown-up on the ground, so they're sort of taking me for a walk. <laughs> so yeah, I could never go too high. Doable. But then that, that person, maybe that person's a, a good runner, and they just run for like. Seven, you want to be tethered? I could tether you, mate. Just take you for a floaty walk. You can trust over us down on the dog lead, no. boy. You'll I'd look right. down and you'd be doing up your shoelace. Let go of the tether. <laughs> I'd like to ghost you through the Jack Ripper's London, mate, floating around on no, black buildings and stuff. You'd be all right. I'd guide you through the telegraph <laughs> poles and cables and wires and whatnot. I'd like to have you yeah, on a string. Ending tears. Yeah. Electrocution as well. Look, what can you do? Are you even in England? It says you're in Bristol. Can't we do an adventure am, around yeah. Bristol? Or can't you come here and do us an adventure? Come on, mate. What are you thinking yeah, of? Well, we, we could probably... Oh, you need to give me a bit more time, but I'm sure we can think of something in, in London. Mm. It's a big old place. Lots of places to get lost. Yeah, That's yeah. The key thing, being able to get lost and stuck. Lose yourself somehow. Free yourself, because see Matt Morgan, he automatically wants to tether himself, whereas I, I, yeah. I crave freedom. Oh, I'd love to see you. Yes. A 
barely visible dot <laughs> under a load of balloons. Well, just love to just know that's Russell up there, terrified. <laughs> I'd be cool as a cucumber. Would your phone? You'd have phone signal up there, wouldn't you? So you, could, you better run, tell me back, spool me back. He's packing the balloons. <laughs> I think I can befriend it. Wait. What, what's good about the balloon thing is if you're in a hot air balloon and it catches fire, that's it. You're done. When they when there's a problem with a hot air balloon, with those balloons, there's so many of them. It's actually a safer system. This is a great system. Well, They're not I, all well, going to pop. That was that was my argument. Uh, not not many people believe me, but I'm pretty I'm pretty sure that's true. Yeah, it's safer. Tim Morgan, I think that you sound like a terrific man. Tom Morgan, don't you contradict me? <laughs> <laughs> Tim's my dad. He's got nice too. There you go. Ah. And it was to him that I was addressing. We were just moments ago saying how we've become too atomized and we've forgotten our fathers. Do we not walk in their footsteps? Are we not carrying their DNA in our bellies? Are we not floating in around? Our bellies? Jesus Christ. <laughs> right. Maybe at your house. <laughs> it was a late night. <laughs> this soup's delicious. <laughs> no. Ah, Tom, let us float in a world of helium wonder. Oh. <laughs> there were times when your father and I, we would float you can hang up, not though. on helium, but on our <laughs> own giddy gases, gases claimed from our own digestive system, and we would let our robes billow out wide and white like floating succubi. We would walk the corridors of the palace till he and I, wrapping each other's arms about our bodies, our limbs like roots of an oak tree, wrapping round, tightening the vine, and there from the corner of the eye we'd glimpse a lowly creature, a cur of some kind, perhaps a fox cub, and your father, Tim Tom, he would stagger over to the beast, pin it down, and then producing from the back pocket of his pyjamas a vanity kit, and neatly and quickly reaching for an emery board, he would hold it between his finger and thumb, and there... First of all, quickly, <laughs> then eventually, rather, rather slowly, he would file that prinket down till there was a visible cross-section. And curious we were, Majesty, to glimpse the inner truth. A cross-section of cells, and within each cell a larvae, or perhaps an egg, ah, glazed, glazed these walls, glistening wet in the moonlight. Could that we does do... sound exactly like my dad. So you see how close we are to uncovering the truth. <laughs> Matthew, I see you've got a... What have you got there? A mouth organ? Yeah. Give I was going to do it when do you were doing that, blues. and I thought you might get angry. No, I'd like to be backed by a <clears throat> mouth organ. Can you play it? Yeah, check it out, check it out. In the deep south. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see, found it good. in a drawer. All right, well done, Matt. Uh, Tim, Tom, well, thank you very much for coming on here. We expect you to turn hey, up. You're, we're promoting your thing, are we? The Adventurists. I'd love an adventure. Life is an adventure, isn't it? Death will come. Don't die doing one of your silly things, Tom. I will you? I will avoid that. Cling to, to life. That. How much helium did you inhale in the uh, preparation for a laugh? Yeah, enough that my eyeballs turned red. Oh, don't do that, Hi, mate. Never let them turn red, darling. Don't let it happen. <laughs> All right, Tom, thanks for coming on. A pleasure. Bye, Tom. Cheers, Cheers mate. Do you Cheers, love man. me or not? Do you love me or Matt? Do you love us yet? Do you think you could live with us? Uh, yeah, <laughs> no, enormously, yeah. Uh, we could build a little floaty house and waft around. Be Why great. not? Just yeah. waft around. I've never kissed a man, but I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> 
kissy, kissy. <laughs> all right, Tom, thanks for coming on, mate. I'm going to see a special doctor for all this. Thank you very much. Kissy. Thank you for coming on. Thank you. Cheers. He was a nice man. He was, he was a, nice, a lovely man. He was a nice man. And what happened? Did it go well? I don't know. I, don't I, know I think that was good. a perfectly normal piece of radio. I think what we've done there is we've helped people to understand themselves a bit better. Now, probably what we'll do after these adverts, if I'm not very much mistaken, is I'll be raising the cultural bar sky high. Sky high with a bit of... Not Shakespeare. Shakespeare. I've What's been told. Shakespeare? I get so many messages on Instagram. What do they say? These messages from these traitors or traitors cove. I'll when we get, get that actually. island, I'll I'm going to make one. traitors cove bigger than I thought because there are more traitors than I'd imagine. Someone literally so said, a very big cove. don't let him do Shakespeare. It's boring and no one <laughs> likes it. <laughs> oh, Honestly. Uh, Naysayers, naysayers. The naysayers must be stamped out. All right, we're going to do a little Bradley advert now, and here it comes. Right, this is for you. Enjoy it if you can. Mm. With Sky Broadband Superfast, you get reliable broadband here. <laughs> Smells good. There. Morning. <sighs> and everywhere. <laughs> Sorry. Get guaranteed Wi-Fi in every room or money back with Sky Broadband Superfast. So reliable, it's minion-proof. Sky, believe in better. Requires Sky Broadband Boost and Sky Kit in fibre areas only. Speeds vary by location. Minimum 3 megabits or refund on boost component of subscription paid during current minimum term up to date of claim. See sky.com slash guarantee. Radio X. Russell Brand. Oh, God. Why don't you like it? I do, but people. I honestly get lots of messages. I get a lot of messages saying, "Don't let him do Your Majesty." No, that right? can't be true. I've let that slide. <laughs> <laughs> but the Shakespeare stuff very unpopular. Is just it? goes on. T- it's too long. It it's just p- depends on which one. Back I mean, yeah, it's good. I love Shakespeare. Yeah. Shakespeare. I love Shakespeare. He's the Don. He's yeah. the Don of the yeah. lingo. Oh, excuse me. Wait a sec. Why don't we put some Kafka? Yeah. All right. What about Kafka then? Kafka. Why are you Kafka? I'm trying to get people to bloody think straight. Just do a like a little epithet. Of William, all right, Matt. William Blake. All right, no, all right. You get a Blakey, and I'm doing Kafka. Right now, M- Matt. When you get bored, throw the snappy snap. All right. You've got your arm to snappy snaps for a reason. It's Bing Guy Fawkes night. We're having a lovely life. It's a brilliant time to be alive. Hmm? When I get bored, I throw them. Yeah. When you're bored of this, this is my new item. Raise the culture, but we've been doing radio for ages. We're trying our absolute best. That's, there's some gold content there, Gal. Well, the producers good. didn't even, even realise that was radio. started the a new The people in the room with us didn't recognise it, it so as radio. so shambolic and unprofessional. Lifelong career professionals didn't even recognise it as radio. What's wrong with them? <laughs> <laughs> if you ask me, these people... <laughs> Textbook. Someone... This is from Kafka's The Trial. Someone must have been telling lies about Joseph K. He knew he'd done nothing wrong, but one morning he was arrested. Keep doing it, Matt. It's good. What's wrong with oh, you? Oh, you want a soundtrack? Yeah, I want a soundtrack. I actually haven't got the... Uh... Trackity trick! Someone must have been... Te- right, this is Kafka, the trial. I'm reading all of it. It's going to take a couple of hours. <laughs> oh, Cancel Gordon Smart. Someone must have... <laughs> that is not the right mood for Kafka. How <laughs> 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 dare Right! The cultural bar's going sky high. Someone, Let's read it really quick. Someone must have Just been telling lies about Joseph K. He knew he'd done nothing wrong, but one morning he was arrested. Every and day that's lovely. And- Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful there. That was Kafka. And next week, Wordsworth. <laughs> you little square. You dirty pig. You stinking liars. Hi, Russ, says Peter Davis. I was at the Staples Centre when you introduced our hero, Morrissey, as Lord Mudslide. I take Why'd it you, you call him that? He, because when he, when he was telling me to introduce him, 
he, I goes, what should I say? So he goes, oh, I don't know anything. So like, here's Lord Mudslide. So I just said that. And to he, the people who had never heard him say that, that might just seem Well, exactly. And I was bizarre. doing the Staples Centre, which is a big venue. I think it's 15,000 people. And I had to wander out there and then do it. I've told oh, you weren't you. just doing it from the wings. You actually went out there. I was out there. I'm always going out there and introducing well, things. Well, I bet people thought, that's catty. Oh, hello. Lord Mudslide. How dare you? Scratch your eyes out. Uh, will you be introducing him on stage again, says Peter Davis? I hope so. If he asks me, I've not spoke to him for a little while. And I must say, I miss him. And I love him dearly. This is from Lena. Good morning. I managed to get seven people to subscribe to your podcast as instructed before I went to bed last night. I could get three more by next week easily. I could get a hundred more, probably. Lots of love to everyone. Look, Lena, we, great claims. Great claims. There's apparently, we're doing a live version of this show at some point. Tell me about it, Matt. How's it going to work? Where are we going to be? In the gutter? It's 30 chairs. Are they behind a glass panel or not? Yeah, we could set up some sort of glass panel. I'd love a glass panel. Like a little fake one. But like, instead of... Because we'd never follow through on anything. The only follow through that's ever happened on this show (laughs) was last week. That was a highlight. And that must never happen in my kingdom again. On the 17th of December, there will be a live show. Now, if you want to attend it, you have to send us your reasons why I should be allowed to come to the show. Look at what we'd be looking for. Sob stories... That's what I want. I love a sob story. No, you don't want a maudling crowd of... Uh, Matt, I want that room full of absolute misery gutsies. I want it full of uh, <laughs> the dregs, the absolute dregs got the of saddest humanity. story mm. and the least mobile body. That's what we want. That's what we want in that room. I want it stacked up with the damned. Stack it with the damned. And also, what's the other thing you all want? You all want objects. You've just come from doing an exercise session for no. free. You spend your whole life in virtual reality. Picking up so- our tents later. You're going to get tense later. I mean, you're living your whole life in a reality given to you by people you're plundering and pillaging. I've barely had time to promote my many products. Come and see me in Coventry. Come and see me in Leicester. Come and see me in Stoke. Come and see me. Russellbrand.com or buy my book, Recovery. There, promo. Now, what have you been doing? Virtual reality. Tense. Ransacking and robbing. I love that virtual reality. You've got to get into that PlayStation VR thing. Why? Go on. It's just brilliant. You can. It's really good. It works. You've been putting your son in there. Put him in there for a little bit. In a Cockney pub with Cockney. No, I know he hasn't had a go at that one because the people swear. What's the name of that Cockney pub world? Uh, it's called the London Heist. Oh, I'd love to do a heist. You'd you like it, there, mate. People You'd come like up and go, listen, mate, I need you. Well, well, it's only there. it's not very long, but like there's a bit in a pub and you mm. can look right. Like I was just looking at the table and the leather on the like it's it looks really real. Mm. You would never ever like. Unless you were on drugs or something, you could never forget reality and think, you know, you know that you're just stood in your house. It's not like... Wow. Imagine that. So if you did do it with hallucinogens, which we would never recommend because drugs are, of course, illegal, and then played a virtual reality, that would be an extraordinary event for you. Now, like, you know, Elon Musk and all them clever clogs that say that that possibly, you know, there's likely to be species more advanced than us that are able to... If we can create this, they they hypothesise, then there would be more advanced cultures that have been around longer than us that could create reality. In fact, we could be living in one. Yeah, he says we are living in one. And I've always said that anyway, because it says it in the back of our Gita, that we're living in a constructed century world. And basically the only difference from what Elon Musk and then people are saying is the word computer and the, a more material mechanical understanding of how that could actually be achieved as opposed to an intuitive yogic understanding achieved through sort of meditation and just an underst- a sort of a sense of what the nature of reality is. Now, I want to get one of them experts on here. Can we get one? Guys, like someone that will come and go, it's a simulation, it's a simulation, it's virtual reality, it's a go simulation. Go straight to the top, get Musk. Musky! 
Muskie! Let's get him on. And I've told China to get out of Tibet. And I understand, if just, this just in, Princes William and Harry are sat listening to this show right now. Kings of England sit quietly listening. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Mum. God bless you. I think they've been brought on by the Majesty monologues. I think that's what they like, and that's what they, they do look like that. forward yes, to. Of course, sure. they do. Reaches right, right, right down into them. So, if you want to be like a royal, listen to me. Listen to this happening, and yeah, let's get an expert on see if this is some sort of constructed mad reality that yeah. we're living in. Because sometimes, Matt, I think it simply must be, don't you? You do have moments where you think this can't be real. Is this real? There's a glitch, there's a glitch in the matrix. But then we're saying two different things. We're saying this isn't real, and then we're saying we need to ground yourself in nature again. Mm, I suppose so. I suppose what the, the latter part of that is saying is that there is some essence, but we're living in a lot of like mental, in a lot of mental constructions. Let's not get bogged down in that. We've got too much to think about, especially when apparently the CIA say that Osama bin Laden has got Charlie bit my finger <laughs> down in his cave. When they stormed his co- compound in Abbottabad, Abbottabad, Pakistan in 2011, Howard Davis Carr, the bloke who filmed Charlie biting the finger of his brother, that was in there. So mm. Osama bin Laden, he was bored out of his mind in that cave. He could have been on the computer when he got it. Yeah, I don't blame Osama. Or it's like, how many people were using his computer? I bet it just wasn't him. That's right. You can't just assume that Osama bin Laden, he's planning some dastardly deeds about the world. It was a funny video, maybe... You know, Just needed to unwind. He's got different levels to his. <laughs> yeah, right. Awesome. I've been like, it's not always going to be cackling in a dastardly fashion. He also watched 9-11 conspiracy films. Did he? Yeah, apparently. Really? Make of that what you will. That's very curious. The universe should not exist. That's just an announcement, really. But... <laughs> <laughs> Man driven crazy by condition that means he hears God save the Queen 1,700 times a week. Smart cutlery for no- noodle gourmets. Mate, do the one about male uh, sperm counts are just dropping off. Most Western men will be infertile by 2060, said an expert. Society sees having children as a major life event. That's an interesting line, isn't it? Society sees that. Well, they never used to. It was just it was going on constantly. Oh, right. It was meaningless. Just... Now it's just like, in 10 years where we can afford a house, we'll have a baby. It's like people have to plan economically right, for it. Right, I see. They used to in be the drizzled past, out. It would just be like... Uh, widespread fertility widespread fertility may become the norm infertility. infertility at least in men sperm counts among men in the west have halved in the past 40 years I don't know mate I mean Why it's scary like... I reckon it's to do with plastic and it goes on to say that plastics Go on, uh, read out get into nature like. uh, for example blah 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 this could be caused by chemicals such as bisphenol A which is found in many plastics and they've been found to damage fertility so maybe it's just a show social thing where in the like when they used to take a picture in Victorian times and mm. everyone would do their hair yeah. for about an hour. Would they? Yeah, they'd all well, you, would be like that a, version of you looked the right scruff bag. If I he'd know. been doing his hair for an hour, <laughs> I wouldn't like to see what he looked like before he prepped for the shoot. But like in those days people took things really seriously. So your grandma goes, Oh gosh, not doing anything for five to six days. Why is he already old, your granddad? He's, this is he could be in the prime of life going over his When your grandfather tested. went in, what he's gonna speak like that. He'd be it? like, All right there, boy. Like that, maybe, wouldn't he? Of course would. Hey, here we go. Boy. <laughs> I don't reckon mine would I was Italian. Hey, mamma mia, I gotta hold off the special sauce for a couple of days, eh? <laughs> My granddad wouldn't have bothered, he'd have been at it, mate. He wouldn't have been held back just because of a little bit of a sperm count. Well, that's test. what they're saying. Like, when, if, like now, a man goes in and just thinks, oh, I've got to do a sperm count, don't even care. Have you had some done? I've seen mine under a microscope. I've never had a Layabouts, they look oh, like. Mine. They really, I thought, come on, guys, buck up. Some oh, of them weren't even alive, mate. 
They were yeah, lying here, miss, bra- brown but bread. Some of them swim around in circles. Yeah, I think that's one of the ones that <laughs> I am. <laughs> I think so, mate. I'm a little circle sperm. There was two sperm carrying one. He didn't even have a tail. Come on, let's get you to the end. <laughs> and that's the one. Then they pushed him too hard and he went through the egg. <laughs> oh, here we go. Oh, no. <laughs> Not me. I haven't even got to. Oh, no. Oh, I'm multiplying. Oh, this is going to be a right screw up. <laughs> The sperm that should never have happened. Aye, some call me the yuck man. Come from another dimension, leading new utopias. Crows all over the lawn. My baby, one year since she was born. My baby's nearly going to be one. I know, it's amazing. Bloody little thing. What am I going to tell it for its birthday? Uh, mate, I've known you a year. Well done. Well done. Yeah, it doesn't really matter the whole first year. No, nah, whole I mean, thing. it does. It's extremely important. But I mean, like, in terms of... What are you going to do? Make a speech on her first birthday that she'll never remember? That's, yeah, no point, is there? I'm... Up till about four, they don't remember anything. <laughs> That's right. That's why I've been using this so time. I used to think that when we took our son to the zoo. I think this you is won't even pointless. remember this. I took my baby to a zoo. I showed it the animals and that. It was just as interested in the cage, the ground, its yeah. own hand. It didn't distinguish between... I goes, look, that's a tiger. You could tell it weren't bothered. That's a kind of wisdom, though. That's a kind of wisdom. That's a kind of wisdom. That tiger shouldn't be in the zoo. When you walk in in Regent's Park, you glance over the wall of the zoo and you think, that's weird, there's a zoo in there and you just see a camel and you're in Regent's Park and then you think, these human beings, isn't it all a zoo? Now, someone's got to summarise all this. Who's going to do Good it? Good luck. It was One the most <laughs> rambling load of nonsense <laughs> ever heard. Absolute codswallop. But luckily, Neil, you'll cut some of that out, Neil, won't you? Some of that, there was some that was tripe a minute ago. Probably about 10% of the farts. <laughs> no, no, leave them in. There's a lot of them. They are very... I mean, that is such a low point in... It's almost actually quite liberating to think yeah. that you're not bound by the new... Imagine Parkinson. Okay, now we've got... <laughs> Imagine it. Imagine Wogan. <laughs> or Aspel. Aspel, just, yeah. Going, this is your <laughs> life. <laughs> Imagine it. Well, this is what's good about this show is it's quite meta. We're recognising that people like... Uh, the other day, I was uh, there were down my street, all the cars were blocked up because it's a narrow street where I'm currently residing in London and the cars were all blocked up. And I, I, Laura goes, are you going to get out and do something about this? Because she saw I was puffing myself up and I was going to get out and do something about it and what? I did. Well, what? get out there and organise it. What do you mean they're all blocked up? Well, all the cars, you can't travel in both directions, so someone was going to have to reverse. So old Russ got out of the car and went down and goes, right, come on, back up, guys, back up. I directed the traffic. Whoop, come on, oh, back you come, God. back you come. I was directing right, you park in there. Oh, it's lovely, mate. This is what Utopia is all about, me telling people exactly You in a fluorescent what... jacket. Oh, I'm high-vis, bossing people about. Anyway, one fella, he was driving a car, he was reversing. His wife had previously been directing him backwards. Well, it might not have been his wife. They could have been having an affair. But either way... A woman that he was with uh, could have been his daughter I don't know how families work get on with it anyway he was uh, they goes we're listening to you on the radio right now and they was that's so weird I was directing them and I was right in their mind right at the same time so I know that you could be listening to this in a car you could be listening to this in a bra you could be listening to this in a zoo looking at a jaguar and that isn't even the poem that summarises this show we know that you are mad and it's your madness that we are talking to Matt with his me with mine and G with his and at least it rhymes here is Mr G with the poetry most of the poems are out there but this one well it's uh, it's a bit crazy. All right. This is the game of life. 
Yes. Yes. Art is a visual dance of our many hidden rhythms, from past images of our likeness to Kadinsky's abstract expressionism. Mm. Thus the dice man cometh. Each role unlocks ancient archetypes, our heroes martyred, our warriors orphaned, yet our magicians must remain untethered at an elevated height. Observing the ripples in the universe, whose excitations have been detected, our rainbow serpents get neglected while the hungriest hippos get elected. Thus our <laughs> art remains our dance as we play the game of life, floating high up in our own gas-filled balloons beyond the roll of any dice. Yes, Woo! Mr G, he's used the board game as the metaphor. Board games that I have made popular using myself. Matt, you could use this. What is this You're little a great plug sculptor. of wax and why did you pull it out? Of, why has it got an old lady's white hair on it? Oh, don't worry about that. <laughs> Me and the elderly, we get along. We just get what along. What is this? That's a, a, my Ear earplugs. Plug. That's uh, my earplugs. What's wrong? Make some do. It's you... dangerous putting that in your ear. It could get stuck. Don't be so silly. You're meant to be an artist. Art. Do your art. What have I told you? And I didn't even have time to say about the time I went to the cinema. Oh, well, thanks for your... <laughs> fascinating. <laughs> riveting. It's riveting. It's riveting. It's going to catch on, this new cinema Hang thing. On. We go to a place. There's a new food that I've found called popcorn. Coca-Cola. <laughs> now, this corn's been popped by Jove. The train, it's coming towards me. Uh, coming up is old Smarty Pants, Gordon Smart. Please listen to him. Stay with him. And after that, former uh, Everton centre-back, <laughs> Peter Radcliffe. I don't know. <laughs> listen, adverts, adverts, Smarty Pants, Smarty Pants, adverts. See you next week. Trying our hardest. Mm. Bye-bye. Oh, sorry. So sorry. Sorry, sorry Mum and Dad. It was free. It was free. Remember that it was free. This is... Radio X. Russell Brand. Yeah, Did you yeah. hear that crap? Idiots. Pair of cunts. <laughs> oh. Dumb poem. Yeah. yeah, that poem at the end of that <laughs> one, did, G. I yeah. thought that was rubbish, wasn't it? Jeez. Maybe we're like the cool versions of those guys. Yeah, we're like in another version of us. Antimatter. Oh, I like it. Antimatter. Yeah, we're the antimatter then. Hexagonal pods interlock like honeycomb to form the King Abdullah Petroleum Studies Research Centre built by Zahar Hadid. Zahar Hadid architects in the Saudi Arabian capital, Riyadh. I'd like to go there. I, mean, I can understand getting the name wrong, but the word capital was <laughs> in the Saudi Arabian capital. <laughs> Look, how dare you criticise me when I'm actually trying my hardest. I know, I try, and sometimes I slip over words as well. We all make mistakes. The huge building was based by London-based Zahar Hadid. Oh. What? Zahar Hadid Architects to provide facilities for researchers investigating the transition towards more sustainable power sources in one of the most oil-rich countries in the world. But they're not going to do it there, are they? They've got no vested interest. With a mission to research the most effective use of energy, King Abdullah Petroleum Studies and Research Centre has been designed to achieve a LEED Platinum Sustainability Certification. It's a coup, it's a con, it's a trick, no doubt. But it's a hell of a building they've created there, and you I see? suggest you have a look at it. It's glorious. All right, yeah. Oh, well, the honeycomb structure is... It happens in nature for a reason. Yeah, because it's a beautiful geometric piece of perfection. It's also strong. It. It's a strong, uh, you know. I've been away oh, from my God. bees for too long. God, I miss those guys. I don't mind fighting. No, I don't well, care about cares? it. As long as it doesn't smell. And it, it, what does it matter? There's so much to worry about. There's oppression, there's lies, there's treachery and deception. That's coming up after the break. <laughs> but before then, here's a wretched little stink. I mean, you know, Matt, we've got enough to think about, haven't we? We can't worry Who about cares? that. Who cares? Do you want to hear some of my ideas? Yeah, let's hear them. I tried to raise up the bar by reading Kafka, and you poo-pooed it. And then I poo-pooed me. <laughs> <laughs> well, only because people 
Secret tell me not to let you. Boring. All right. Well, you are a man of the people, and I am well, a people man. I've got to do. You know, I am the. I work for them. Let's hear your ideas. Right, Amazon deliveries. Right, mm-hmm. or any deliveries, mm-hmm. but Amazon. Yeah, a box that is made of steel that has a pin code on it, a pin, four pin, numbered. Pin, pin. <laughs> hurts pin, still. Pin. <laughs> Very painful memory. Mm. Right, you have it attached to the outside of your house. <laughs> <laughs> you don't undermine my ideas. <laughs> if this was Dragon's Den and Theo Pathetus did that. <laughs> I'm in. Go on. I like it. Keep going. I'm in, but my bum's out. <laughs> I've pushed it right out. Come on, mate. I want to hear your idea. There's a steel right. box with a right. pin when, pin in it. I um, mean, who's, who's Mr. Amazon delivering? It's got that evil little card. Oh, now. Right. Am I right, guys? Am I right? The <laughs> little with card? me on that. Yeah, woo, me, Matt. That could have been me. Right. What you do is, Amazon, I mean, it's free. Amazon should fit them. It's a steel box. It attaches to the outside of your house. It's brown. It's nice. It's in the Amazon. It's got the little Amazon sign on it, right? Yep. When you order something, it comes by Amazon delivery mm-hmm. with its own private little pin code, only known to them. They go, doot, 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 on the box. It opens. They put the thing inside. They lock it. You get an email saying, your delivery is in the box, right? Ooh. It's much bigger than your... Uh, post box. I mean, what's a post box on a door? It's from a past era. Yeah, there's a letter for you, sir. Telegram. Telegram from Mr. Morgan. It's impractical. We've moved on. Mm. We get big things delivered constantly. So your invention is a metal box. That's what you've invented, Well, I mean, you're playing it down. It's got an Amazon (laughs) logo on it. (laughs) I think it will take on. And I noticed that when I go to a train station, I see there's Amazon boxes there. And I reckon with all the way that... Oh, yeah, but that's why. That's because we haven't got one on your house. You have to Mm. go and do a collection. So even the box you're not invented. The box has already been invented and you're just saying, move it from a train station to my house. That's your invention. Move something. All right, let's put a pin in that one. Let's put a pin, 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 pin code in that one. And let's move on to your next idea. Because I think the first one, if this was Dragon, then, mate, this wouldn't even be in the program unless it was a, a montage at the beginning known as Idiot's Montage. Yeah, okay. Well, this, I don't one. think this is going to get me out of that montage. Let's hear it. Hairstyle app. Now, this might exist. This is, hold on a minute. I'm just going to say something. This is Morgan's Den, right? It's a new item. Morgan's Den. All right. I get loads of these the ideas. Den. They come to me all the time. Well, I'm not surprised. They're crap. So this will run and run. Endless river of crap <laughs> flowing through your mind. <laughs> right. Hairstyle app. You know, like Snapchat mm. filters, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is very realistic. So if you want to change your hair, right, Aye. you can look in, it'll look in the camera and it will give you the hairstyle. Mm. You could try out different hairstyles. Mm. You could even try out different hats, but let's stick with hairstyles, right? Beards, everything. Could I give myself a pair of boobs and see if I want to get a pair of boobs? Listen, this lifelong dream will never be realised <laughs> without surgery. That's yeah, right. maybe. Maybe you could. Maybe there's there's like a transgender version see? and you want to go, what we're like, I mean, there's, what am I gonna be like? there's already things that like Snapchat filters where you become a woman or a man, mm. right? Mm. You switch gender. But a hairstyle app, because sometimes I think, oh, I wouldn't mind that sort of hair mm. if well, there's like a way to you turned up see. with braids. Do you remember that? We went yeah. to the Isle of Wight to meet David Icke. You turned up with braids. Didn't they you? were cornrows. That's them. Cornrows. You came there with cornrows and you gave a baby meningitis. What? I, something happened with meningitis. <laughs> I was dating a black girl. She did my hair in cornrows, right? Don't you dare. Don't you dare blame the black community for your haircut. It wasn't the whole community. It was just her. <laughs> and actually, it was or really practical for a while the... until it all dropped out. And then I just had, looked like a man who 
got sort of. You look like a Sylvanian family disease. that have been rubbed down on the carpet quite rightly. Is that, that when you jumped in a swimming pool? On the cover of I the swimming pool. I walked on the cover of the swimming pool. Not a broke. Yeah. And then somebody. Wrong road, wrong road. Yeah. What do you mean I gave a baby meningitis? You gave a baby meningitis. You caused a stir. You're a bad egg. You're a wrong one. We've been watching you on this landing. We've seen you in your cell. We've seen you your meningitis. You were worried sick about meningitis, weren't you? I always am. Well, you're not going to get it. You don't. Um, <coughs> my next idea. Hold on, this is the music. I've, had, I've probably told the you this before. It always comes interested. up in my mind. Mm-hmm. A self growing child shoe. <laughs> buy them shoes constantly. Right? This is brilliant, this one. Self-growing child, child shoe. I like it this one. It's made of a material. Uh-huh. Well, actually, the sole, I think you have a screwdriver <laughs> Your first two inventions, can I just say, your first two inventions already exist. The Amazon box exists. All you've said is move a box from a translator to a house. The second one, that haircut app, that exists in hairdressers, all right? No. So you're inventing things. That, like, you're, you have a go at me for saying that I'm the board game king. I know it already exists. I was in a board game shop when I invented it. I only started thinking about board games because I heard Trey Parker talk about it on the Nerdist podcast. I'm fully well aware and I'm doing it ironically. Whereas you actually think you're inventing things that already exist. What's, what what a self-growing child shoe already exists. Right, that was my point. So right? silly. The first two ideas... Already exists. But this third one, one is stupid <laughs> and can't be so done. Stupid. Because you can't have it. What, 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 what is this? Listen. Fabric would have to no, be alive. No, I don't mean shoe. it. Rose and talks to you. Goes. Hey, I'm going to the next stage. <laughs> what I'm saying is, <laughs> well you, done. Five. Points. Listen, the sole. Right. Mm. There was a material elastic element to the mid shoe. The sole of the uh, shoe. It sounds horrible. It's got a midriff like a wiggly Listen, worm with a saddle it's in like its middle. Like an insect abdomen, right? Oh. Abdo yeah, shoes. <laughs> and then you can like use a screwdriver on oh, the base of the dangerous. shoe. The and extend will be pierced. Not while it's wearing it. Right. When it's asleep. <laughs> so it never knows. <laughs> the horror. So you And then you go about, and you grow it another size. What about the sole? How's the sole extending? The fabric I can see that fabric could have some elasticity. What about the Well, it already exists. It already exists. Well, you idiot, you absolute idiot. It already say. exists. Childshoes.com. Self-growing shoes, a stupid Life-changing idea. Life-changing shoes. An idea we had right. while we weren't Firstly, trying that hard. I'm gutted that it already exists. <laughs> Secondly, I'm clearly a genius <laughs> because it already exists. You're not Look, mate, you see the kid who's wearing it? He's a right nerd. Look at him. Oh, he's happy. His shoes look tight. His shoes are out in him. He's a little nerd of a boy. Yeah, one of the screws has popped out through the sole. Look at that. His poor feet. His feet are all gnarled That's a idea, mate. You wait till you've had to buy shoes constantly. When's your daughter starts walking? He's got the feet of an old lady, that boy, from wearing your shoes. All bunions and cords. They haven't been made to my specifications. How are you going to tackle the problem of the soul? And I don't mean the transmigratory essence. I've told of you man. how the soul works. Go on. What that screwdriver thing? Yeah. Where's the extra bit? <laughs> it's it, it like has a look. Concertina. The soul is in two pieces, and inside there is a metal bar, right? Oh, metal bar in a child's shoe. Horizontally, not it's sticking in the up. Oh. How's he going to get through airport security? <laughs> does that happen? You go, you take shoes off anyway. And and also, the people will go, oh, I've heard a lot about these shoes. We're getting a lot of these come through. They won't. Matt Morgan must be rich by now. <laughs> 
Look at that. Here are the shoes. They look disgusting. No, that is... Look at Pinocchio that. Pinocchio That's not a shoe. That is for sort <laughs> of... Awful dolly no, shoes. that is for people who walk to a well or something. That is for like... Oh, how no, dare that's what I'm saying. You. That's what it's for people you in... imperialist the... scum. No. Hobbit shoe, isn't That it? is for people who like would injure their feet if they didn't have a shoe. They that is like an emergency shoe. They injure their feet if they wear your shoe. I'm talking about high fashion, high couture for children. I don't think Carl Lagerfeld is going to be interested in a concertina in shoe with an iron bar in it and an elastic midriff with an insect I'm abdomen. I'm draw a fucking picture of this. Draw a picture of it. Draw this stinking booty. It's not that. That's we'll something that, like week. a Blue Peter appeal. Blue I'm Peter. talking about high fashion. They wouldn't touch that with a barge pole, that piece of crap. Listen, your dra- Morgan's Den has been a washout this week and it'll probably be a washout every uh, I'm week. i my last idea. You will? Man. What's your last comes. idea? Let's just hear out your last idea because it's a big no from me something, and from the other dragons came up too. when we were doing an improvisation once and I thought about it afterwards and I thought, actually, that isn't a funny thing. That's a bloody good idea. Right, I bet it was my idea. You've nicked it. What is it? Oh, it sounds silly now. Go on. Go for it. Go for it. You can do it. Train dolphins to collect the plastic from the ocean. No, no. We are not doing that again. Train <laughs> again. a dolphin to collect plastic. There's a lot of plastic in the ocean, right? And there's also a lower number of fish. What you do is you train dolphins, they're very intelligent, to either push it along with their nose or pick it up in their mouth and bring it all to an island such as Crete where it will be a huge pile of plastic. They are then people of Crete. They are awarded fish for this. What? Brilliant dolphin has been collecting plastic for ages. No, that's not it. What? And do you know where that's come up from? Your search history. No. Now, all you've been doing is... No, that has not been done. Crap Train ideas. the animals of the sea to clean up their own sea because it's not their fault but they could help, right? <laughs> and then feed them fish you or should. some sort of protein so they actually and then after two generations of dolphins the sea is clean they've completely lost touch with their own feeding habits You've completely lost touch with reality oh, I don't believe that's at done. the Institute for Marine Mammal Studies Kelly has received quite a bit of attention for the clever way she's figured out to get more fish as a result of training the dolphins discover paper or trash they smartly know to bring it to a trainer it's already oh, been done sake. Kelly continued anyone who tries to use this idea subsequent to my publishing of this paper is a plagiarist and quite if probably. If I'm coming a up with things that have all been done, that means that they are on point. Give yep. me one of your inventions. I bet. It, what would it be? Hmm, you're right. Next week on. Come, so we'll come with some inventions. On next the Yuck week. Man's Den, on the Yuck Man's Cave of Trinkets, I will be bringing you pioneering techniques and ideas. Now they may not be gimmicky little uh, stupid gadgets like Matt's crap boots. No, some of those things, the shoe thing. It's awful. It's, I'm it's thinking the about the environment. Way. You know how many ch- children's shoes? They go through them every few months. <laughs> All right, Matt, that's enough now, dear. We're going to have to take you back to the ward. Now, that's a very, very good attempt at radio and podcasting. That's two mediums you failed at in a single hour. Now, we're going to wrap this up. Thank you very much for your patience. We'll get in touch and go, that's actually a good idea. I bet we don't get a single email mentioning this. I had to sign a signature, the yuck man, on someone's hand the other day. It's really caught on. I saw that, actually. I am the yuck man. Thanks for listening. We're very sorry. We're very sorry indeed. Russell Brand. Radio X.